Hello everybody and welcome to episode 581 of Conversation Street. Yep. That's the one. That, that is the one, isn't it? I'm, I'm Michael and this is Gemma. Hello. That's it. You're getting, your, you're getting your word in before I even get a chance to say who I am. That's not how we do things. You're always moaning at me these days. Have you noticed that? Every no, you're great. Start, you're great. Look, isn't she great, you're everybody? You're moaning at me and saying <laughs> I'm not allowed to moan about the weather. Well, what is there to talk about then? And I'm talk to you quickly. No, it's fine, it's fine. We, we moan dis- about Coronation Street today. It's alright if you want to have a good moan. Um, how's your week been, Gemma? Hot. Yeah, really? Mm. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Um, oh, I've been playing um, a game, haven't I? Yes. Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life. And I've got all my all my um, wild, uh, wildlife, no, all my animals. Yeah, you've got a little farm day. game, haven't you? Oh, yes. Coronation You're Coronation Street, Street theming it. Who have you got? Um, I've got... Oh, Today, I got a goat. Yeah. Called it Evelyn. Nice. She is the goat. Yeah, yeah. And I got, I got um, a, 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 a sheep. Yeah. There was one called Derek, one called Rita. Nice. One called Moira. Yeah. Oh, Moira has got yeah, a shout yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. a Mavis, haven't you? What's Mavis? Mavis is a chicken. She's the OG chicken. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun with that. We're both. I'm still. I'm still know. going through Mazelda. It's been like what six, seven, eight weeks now. <laughs> it's, it's, the it's end is in sight. Thank goodness, what, says Gemma. Marriage? <laughs> yeah, I've maybe we've, been neglecting Gemma a little bit recently from a, from a game. Literally, there are days when you come home from work. I cook your dinner for you. I tidy up everything. I do all your laundry. And then you sit, you, we watch, we have to watch Coronation Street, then we have to record what we thought about Coronation Street. Then it's like 20 past nine, and you're like, can I put my game on? At least I like, ask. Okay. Yeah, but you know I'm not going to say no, don't you? <laughs> I do think that maybe How like in the next week think? or two. I'm like 160 hours or so into it now. I, I, what I don't understand is that people, because I got the game a couple of weeks early to review it for your magazine, and there's people that got it on launch day and that have, done loads more hours than me so you're lucky that you're not married to them that's all Most I can say Most people would say something like yes Michael but they don't have kids but you don't have kids you've got a podcast <laughs> so um, that's what's taking your time Well you're hot this week I on the oh, other yes. hand I'm getting a cold very sad yeah, I woke up this morning with a bit of a bit of a tickly throat everybody so um, possibly next week's podcast might be a bit croaky I hope not though I like, I've literally I've got, I've got nine days to shake this Ooh. I'm not having a cold on my birthday tell you that Have some of that Barocca we got some of that. Yeah, got oh, it free from Supermarket Delivery. Brilliant. Okay. Um, Won't say the name because we're not being sponsored. That's that's our week, everybody. Did we say thrilling, what, isn't it? What we're talking about? No, we did not. We're talking about the episodes of Coronation Street broadcast in the UK between the nineteenth of June and also the twenty third of June. That is episodes ten thousand nine hundred and eighty three to ten thousand nine hundred and eighty eight. We can we get into ten thousand one hundred soon. But it doesn't count anymore, does it? No, sorry, that doesn't count. I mean, 11,000. I, I can't do maths. Um, competition, so, we're doing a competition. We are got a competition, thank you. Let's let's get on to some serious stuff. Gemma, this is, important. This is an important competition, um, yeah. and it is a, definitely a Gemma competition. So do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about it? That I am the fashion queen of. Yes, look at you. Just look Coast. at you. Listeners, just imagine what she's wearing right I've now. I've got a hole. She's got, she's got a forest green actually, t-shirt. Look, can you see this? Stained with, with it's grease. It's covered in oil because um, one time I just chucked a bit of chicken in a pan. Yeah. And the oil just went all over me. And I cannot get this stain out no matter what I do. Has anyone got any tips? Don't tell me to use vanish. I tried that. Yeah, you got a little, you got to get a little mini pinhole over your boob. Oh, I said that already. And this is a man's, like, five extra large. And you can win this top. If you Probably want a bit use, smelly as well. If you want my used t-shirt... <laughs> No, this isn't a competition. What what is this? Come on. 
Big Joni, Joni and Coronation Street, Joni Clothing, um, have collaborated with Coronation Street. We spoke about it, I think, before. We did. Speak um, about but that, we've got a competition where you can win one of the items of your choice. Ooh. That's right. Even you overseas listeners are free to enter this competition. This is for podcast listeners only, so you're a special group. Yes, we're not doing this one on Twitter, so you've got to be listening to get so, this. Sorry, foreign listeners that have listening in two weeks in advance, you missed it. But there might be another chance another time, you never know. So, to win, if you don't know what this is, I'll just briefly explain. Yes, yes. The Joni, Joni Clothing Company have collaborated with Coronation Street. They've brought out a sort of capsule collection. There's a, a shirt dress, there's a cardigan, there's a couple of jumpers, a t-shirt, a shirt. All and adorned all with themed. various... Coronation yeah, Street logos or like imagery. Roy's Rolls or, or whatever. Um, what's the name of the website, Michael? Could I you don't quickly know. find it while I tell everybody yeah. um, what you have to do? We're going to give you a question and you have to answer the question correctly. And it's a multiple choice question this time. Joniclothing.com. Yeah, Joni Clothing. I know, just went onto another tab. Joniclothing.com is where you can go and see what's there. So, but you don't have to buy it, you can just win one. We've only got one though. Yeah, go go to joniclothing.com. What do people need to do, Gemma, if they want Can to? Can we get on with it? Yes. You don't need to ask me to introduce the thing I'm talking about. Go on then. Which of these was not a clothing business in the early days of Coronation Themed Street? question like it. Which of these was not a not. clothing business in the show? Miami Modes, mm-hmm. Gamma Garments, mm-hmm. or Weatherfield Women's Wear? Oh, all alliterative. Why don't you answer the question correctly? By emailing, emailing us. <laughs> we didn't actually discuss that bit of it, did we? we forgot email, to say. Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com with comp- Joni Competition um, as the header and answer the question, give us your address. Okay, we'll give us their address. And give us the address like. if they win. Do what you like. You just get to email us, tell us which out of Miami Modes, Gamma Garments, or Weatherfield Women's Wear was not a Coronation Street clothes emporium in the 60s. And you might win. We'll pick a winner next week. The closing date is the 29th of June. So make sure if you drop everything, um, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery, and do it now before you forget. Exactly, because okay? it's only a week. We've got a quick turnaround on this. We're getting, getting we it want, in there before we want you to be able out. to get your your item of choice. Yes, you will be. If you win, you'll be able to pick any one of those. Anyone, any items. size. Go on the website joniclothing.com and check it out. I feel a bit bad because some people on our Facebook group have already talked about ordering them and getting well, them. I'm we have sure the lovely Al who posed in his Newton and Ridley's jumper. If you want some, if you want some inspiration for, for how you would look. Well, Gemma, he is inspirational, isn't he? Exactly. <laughs> go on to our Facebook group like and that. hopefully some people will be posting <laughs> some of their pictures of what they've got. And we, we're getting some so we can do a little video. We are. Um, but yeah. That's it. That's it. It's a competition. Hooray. So um, no, no, no. I just want to say, I, I we, we mentioned towards the end of last week's podcast that there may not be a bonus podcast this week because I was insanely busy and... That well, I put mine. my foot down because we there was no way to do it. There was literally no time to prepare anything or record a bonus podcast this week. Far too much, far too much Zelda and story. Well, you had no, parents' not, evening. Lots, and, lots of work this week. I and couldn't you were working have done one. for but, both days of the weekend. It just gets silly. Yes, but we do have some very exciting things coming up in the next few weeks, haven't yes, we? I think literally you got the next not, three weeks of bonus podcast planned out. Deprived. Going to be some good ones, hopefully. Well, no, definitely. I'm certain, I'm certain. So You're certain, so am I. Absolutely certain, yes, in fact, I'm doing something right. quick tomorrow. Can we do a quiz? Yes, please, quiz me up. Right, things that happened 
in Coronation Street between the 19th and the 23rd of June, years ending in a three and an eight, and I sourced this information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. I thought you learnt it all. No, because once I get to five, I haven't done this for five years, then I will know it I all. think you probably have done this for five years, <laughs> to be fair. I don't Impossible. know how long, we, pretty sure we must have been doing this quiz for five years at least. 19th of June, 1978. Mike Baldwin's workers go on strike, but what is the business that he that he owns at the time, what's it called? Oh, um, Baldwin's Casuals? Yes. Good. Good, 20th good. of June. We need some dramatic music, don't we, for this? Dun, 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 oh, it's lovely. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wow, I've got that playing all Next. the way through my life. Right. 20th of June, 2008. House swap time! 2008. Who swaps houses and what goes wrong? Right, okay. Sally and Kevin swap houses with Ashley and Claire. But... What houses? What's the, what's the numbers? Number four and number 13. Who moves from obviously. where to who, who? What do you mean? I just said they swap. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, and then you said that the houses involved are four and 13. Yeah. But I'm asking you who moved from where to where. Sally and Kevin moved from number 13 into number four and Ashley and Clue moved from number four into number 13. You're so belligerent with yeah. your answers. Is this what but you were what like when wrong? you were doing um, your degree? One of them when like... When you had your oral language things? No. Uh, I think one of them had like an electric problem or something and then they all had to pile back into number 13 again. Or four. I don't remember. They all move back into number four so you get zero marks. So no, that's not true. I get a mark. No. Just I've written it now. It's too late. You get docked. 21st of This is what happens when you get people to self-mark. I, I know this. Yeah. I, you know, getting children swap. to mark math tests and spelling tests. Also, you can't always trust them. never let them swap their papers with their friends. Always worst enemies swap. <laughs> so I say. Right, children. Who do you hate the most in class? We don't encourage that kind of thinking, Jenna. I do. It's more competitive. <laughs> Alright, come on, next. <laughs> 21st. I missed my calling, didn't I, really? What? As what? Being a teacher. <laughs> 21st of June, 1978. What does Elsie change her surname to and from? In 1978, you say? I did. I said that. Um, 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 I think she probably, at that point, I'm going to say, went from Howard back to Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. You've only got two more questions left. You only got five this week. Yeah, it's two, two up. Two up. <laughs> <laughs> 21st of June, 2013. Ooh. <laughs> so recent. Why does David smash up Nick and Leanne's flat? Ooh. Here's a clue. It's not because they're annoying and smug. Um, why would he do that? <laughs> why would he do that? Why, why wouldn't would he, he do, do that? that? I wouldn't um, do it all the time. Gosh. Mm-hmm. You don't see their flat anymore, but you really do. Not much, no. I don't know why he smashed up their flat. I'm guessing it's maybe part, could be related to could Nick be. having it off with Kylie, although could that was a, be, couldn't it? a while ago. But was it? No. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Answer, what's the answer? It's something to do with Kylie. He found that Nick and Kylie were sleeping together. Yes, exactly. Exactly what you wrote, yes. So yeah, I said exactly yeah. that. 23rd of June, 2008. Final question. Come on, full Redeem house. yourself for being awful I don't so need far. redemption, thank you. Claire Peacock finds a painting in the loft of number 13. Um, Ogden. By which former resident? Yeah. Yeah. Full marks. Five out of five. What? Nice. What's the picture? Do you not remember anything about it? It looked, um, they thought it was, 
I think it was like a Lowry style um, really? painting. We watched it, didn't we? When we watched the old episodes, I, really don't I, I, I yeah, I, I found that I hunted that one down um, purposefully because we we were Irma Ogden fans. Love Irma. We thought that she might get a bit more of a shout out, but it was like no, she painted it. And that I was don't understand it. why she painted things because I, I can imagine Irma saying it's a load of old crap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I do love her. Um, right, anyway, yes. What? Are you th- what? Anyway, what? No, no. But I was going to say anyway, birthdays. 26th of June, Harry Vizinoni, our favourite... Favourite Seb. Seb Franklin, fight yeah. person who finds snakes what's, in their what's toilets. He up, what's he up to this, this moment? What's, what's Seb doing? What's Harry doing? 27th of June, Jim Cartwright. haven't said who that is. Something very anybody. important, I'm sure. Lee, Ber- Lee Warburton, who played Tony Horrocks. Yeah. 29th of June, Lynn Carroll, who played Martha Longhurst. 30th of June... Do- Joe, no, is a do- Doja Teen. Doja Teen. <laughs> Teen. He plays Tim Boo. Boo. Tim Metcalf. And uh, Ben Price. He plays Nick Tilsley the third. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. Up until you can't have any more. Okay, all these, all, right. all these baby, these summer babies. You know, mm. they come out funny, don't they? We do. We do. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we talk about Coronation Street? Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have yeah. to, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so let's chat about this week's Coronation Street then. And I'm going to say, well, I don't know, it was a bit dull, a bit boring this week. Didn't hold my interest. Um, yeah, I don't know. It felt, it, it wasn't even necessarily fillerish, was it? It was just the stories that it focused on this week didn't particularly float my boat. Um, I, I gave it, I was like, Bobbins, bog standard bobbins yeah, on the street really like talk shorts I, I was, this week. I thought it was just average. Yeah, it Spoiler was. Spoiler alert. It was, you know, we started off with the Acid Ryan storyline, which I just, I just don't get it. Like some weeks, it's really compelling, and other weeks, it's just, it's just not getting me. I did enjoy the Wednesday part of it when he was having a go at Daisy when he finds out about her being Crystal, but it's lingering longer than it needs to, I think. I, I, I don't know how long they're going to keep stringing this, or dragging this story out. Then we had um, the, the Damon story, which this week I'm calling Adam Exercises His Damons, because he seems to have given him the old heave-ho from Weatherfield. But, and... I don't know. Didn't 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 do it for me. Um, and then we, I think another problem with with Corey this week for me was that there were lots of stories that were just in it a little bit. Yeah, so I've got the next bitty. story called Run Away, which is about Aaron going away. He's gone last week, and oh. we saw the fallout from that um, oh, with yeah. Amy um, getting drunk and all that this week. That's oh, okay. We had a bit of poor poorly Paul. Same old, same old, really. No, it's a. Like I said on our shorts battle mm. between religion and crystals, <laughs> who um, will win? Who will save Paul from his fate? I, 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 he's unsalvageable. Um, but we had the sexy Bexy storyline, which, to be honest, every time that Beck and Max story came on screen, that was what kind of made me, you know, perk my ears up and, and listen. This week, I I I, I, I really like the, uh, Beck. I think she's a great character, and I was a bit a bit sad. That's why she should run away. Despite the fact that you know she was obviously going to find out and not be too pleased with the fact that Max was um in prison for racist reasons. He was ter- um, a terrorist. I, I I think that she's a really compelling and interesting and kind of bubbly, smiley sort of character. There's not really anyone else like her. No, there's really really not, and she's got a very interesting fashion sense, hasn't she? She's got like <laughs> yeah, numbers but and kids things these days are like right. that, aren't they? They like to wear 
90s things. Yeah, she wasn't proper 90s. She's dressed like, she was dressed like she was in Sister Sister, wasn't she? She was dressed like all the people that thought they were cool that went to my school. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I actually quite enjoyed that. Um, but didn't necessarily go the way I wanted to, but never mind. Um, then we'll, we'll talk about the Stephen storyline. There was a little bit more of the laying down. We had a tiny bit of Isabella Harridan. <laughs> we had a little bit of Roy this week. We haven't got a storyline title for. Roy it was... and his dog. A Roy and his boy. One Roy and his dog. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I, I've got a feeling it's not going to be the longest of street talk sections. Are you going to go first? Um, do you want me to? Yeah, I can go first. I can go talk first? about. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll talk about about Ryan. So a coin, really. I, it was interesting at the start of the week because Jay Z and Jenny were um having a conversation about. When was Jay Z in this? Daisy, shut up. Daisy and Jenny <laughs> were talking about socials and getting them meet Rovers a social media account, which I, I think that this is an opportunity here. They need to oh, get. Oh, please. They, please. they don't have that Norris Mole account anymore, do they? Obviously. <sighs> I think that, you know, an official Rovers Twitter account I or Instagram love or something. That. Jenny, Sally oh. Matthews enjoys her socials, they, doesn't didn't she? They, do, they had Ed going, here's Alter. What did he tell you to do? My daughter told me to come on here and teach you a lot how to do some building stuff. Did they? Yeah, but I don't, obviously didn't learn a damn thing off of it because I can't remember what, even what it was it was doing. Something about light bulbs, was it? Or I don't even windows? remember. Anyway, so Jenny's well, getting her social Maybe chat from Daisy hinting. at the beginning, but that didn't go anywhere. It was just a little warm-up to the episode. Um, and and the, it was kind of linked to the fact that Daisy is taking a break from her social media at the moment after the little spot of catfishing that she's been doing. Can I just say, if she, you know... She, I'm surprised she doesn't have people queuing up round the block to demand all of their stuff back for this wedding. Yeah, I know. I mean, I get it. I get it. Of course you wouldn't want to... But the the fact that she's got absolutely no thought whatsoever to making it good with any of these people or explaining herself or, like, even doing a post. Surely, we're led to believe that she's got scores of followers, right? Well, I think she's going to be hemorrhaging at them at the moment, though. But but you you gain followers by building a, a relationship with your with your, the people that are interested in watching pictures of you wearing pretty clothes. You that's what we've we've kind of been led to believe. And she's built up such a big following that she can get a dress that's worth thousands of pounds for free. Are you trying to get us more followers on Twitter by making me wear this Coronation Street yeah. Joni dress next week? Because I, I tell wait. you, that's where it's I draw the line, Gemma. Gonna look so pretty. <laughs> but listen. God. But listen, um, she's just dumped everything, isn't she? she? Yeah. And she's she's never going to be able to go back to it. And I'm really annoyed that they, they've dropped that completely. That would have actually been interesting and unique and something that they had never done before. What? In order to... to talking about somebody who's created... Um, they call it parasocial relationship, don't they? With Online between content creators and their followers. You know, does she owe them anything? Are they going to be mad? Um, are they all going to be clamouring for her to... You know, how how upset would you be if you were following the build-up to a wedding of somebody that you really liked and um, admired enough to, you know, give a, give a crap about it? And then you hear something awful happens and there's a court case and somebody's face got burned, but she never goes online and says anything about it. I think people will get really cross. I don't know whether you'd be cross or whether you'd be just worried. I mean, we'd... Yeah, you'd be worried, but there'd be loads of people that would get angry, I'm telling you. Well, she's blocking them all anyway. She's but not you see looking... what I mean? Yeah. Wouldn't that not be much more of an interesting avenue for this storyline to have explored instead of 
two people kiss each other that shouldn't be kissing each it's other. Probably, We've yeah, had but that a million it's, times. It's easier to show, isn't it, having, you know, the, the romantic side but of things. But if you're going to talk... It's difficult to... Yeah, I know it's easier. That doesn't mean it's better, does it? No, 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 no. But listen, also, they're, they're always talking about trying to engage younger younger viewers, and I think they're doing as good a job as they can do while not really alienating older ones too much. But this would be the perfect subject for young people to be interested in hmm. because, you know, most of them have spent their whole lives with following content creators, especially YouTubers and things, and admiring and idolising them. And then you see somebody like this who's really um, made something of herself just... And I'm not saying that she's wrong to do it. Uh, you know, make your own mind up about whether you think that she owes anybody anything. Um, but not even exploring it is um, a bit frustrating for me. Well, they're not exploring that. They're not particularly exploring much of the whole Daniel side of the relationship, are they? Daniel it seems to be all about Daisy a... and Ryan at the moment. Speaking of which, the subject of Ryan comes up here and Daisy's being very evasive because Jenny, obviously, at this point, is has got no idea exactly what's been going on and that she's been Crystal and everything. And she's like, oh, isn't it, isn't it sad? Isn't it shocking that Crystal is actually Karen? And Daisy's like, oh, yes, anyway, let's change the subject. So Carla comes into the pub later to get some food for Ryan. Daniel's there too. And he's getting a little bit concerned that Ryan's still hermitizing himself in the flat, seemingly getting worse, apparently. And Daniel's like, oh, I'll, I'll go around and, and see him. That, that, tell you what, the doormat outside Carla's flat is probably worn down to nothing at the moment because it seems like, you know, one in five scenes in Coronation Street at the moment is just people arriving at the flat, isn't it? To see if Ryan's like, alright. Like, oh, knock on the door, it's Daisy come to visit Ryan. Knock on the door, here's, here's Auntie Debbie, who's coming next? Oh, it's Ryan, here's Jenny. Who hasn't had a scene of going to visit Ryan at Carla's flat at the moment? If I hermitised myself, I think it would probably be a good three months before anybody noticed. I, um, well, your mum and dad would probably notice because they'd be wanting you to do the allotment. They'd be like, come and water the tomatoes. I'd be like, I can't, my face. <laughs> um, anyway, so Daniel's going to go around and he takes him up this egg balm or whatever. And uh, Ryan immediately knows that Carla must have been telling people that he's not doing so well. And Daniel says, oh, look, don't worry about it. Can I come in for a cuppa, please? And we can have a bit of a chat. So he, he says, look, you shouldn't be isolating yourself here, which is proper word for hermitizing and ryan says i just don't need everyone's pity very much like paul this week i'm sure they could form some sort of support so group like for tragic soap similar. characters and he's just feeling really low about his face his confidence is low as well what are women gonna think i'm never gonna get a date and daniel's like just turn the other way that we just do that thing you do when they don't have time to do all your proper makeup and just turn your face slightly away from the camera. Daniel's like, look, don't worry. You need, you, you, you're jumping the gun a little bit. Just see women as potential friends first. Yeah, have you ever tried befriending women and talking to them as human beings? Yes, not just jumping in. Rather than trying to jump down their throats. You know, I don't think that, I wouldn't say that Ryan is necessarily a sort of, I don't know what even the word is. Man who cruises hey, the boy, bars, just yeah. I, I don't see him like that anyway. I think no, he but you, is the sort of person that would want to was, form some sort of relationship first. Yeah, no, no. But you're you're thinking of this from your perspective as somebody who's like in a committed relationship. And sadly, I I pledged before God and our friends and family that even if you had acid thrown in your face, I wouldn't be able to dump you like a sack of. Do you part of the house? Um, 
But he's here and he's isolated and he's thinking about the future and yeah. the fact that he's going to be alone. No, no, of course, it makes sense. Right, Daniel should be like, no, you're going to get a girlfriend who's like super not into looks and is not shallow like mine. So, yeah. I mean, look at her, she's such a flighty bird. She's been <laughs> off doing all God knows what. She's like, you know what Arlia's like? She'll be, she'll be here before you know it, don't Arlie worry. Arlia would love to date you just so that she could go to support groups. <laughs> um, Daniel, Daniel says, look, I hear that you're not doing so well anyway. You've not been around to see Daisy recently. What's going on? Um, it comes a little bit awkward because it soon becomes apparent that they both maybe know something slightly different about the crystal situation. Like Ryan thinking it's... I can't remember Karen. who... Ryan thinking it's Karen, yeah, Daniel knowing it's Daisy, and it's like... Oh. And Ryan says, look, realising that Crystal was a fake really hit me hard, and seeing Daisy afterwards made it worse. And Daniel says, look, you really should go and see her... Um, she's been a bit withdrawn herself recently, you know. Maybe, you know, seeing her might help her, it might help you. I think you should go for it. Just don't snog her. He should have said that. should have said, don't kiss her or, or touch mm. anything. So Daniel then goes to the pub and tells <laughs> Daisy that Ryan wants to go and see her. So she heads over there. Why Hello, he it's me again. The... Come Why... for another visit. Just get... He can't leave the flat because he's he got doesn't want day. people to look at his horrible face. It's not horrible. He thinks it's horrible. <laughs> um, she heads over and it's she. You know they had they had that kiss last week or whenever it was. So it's awkward. All a bit a little bit yeah, a little bit awkward. And after a little bit of doorstep dilly dallying, he says, "Come in for a lager." And she's what like, "What way to punish her?" Don't don't. I I, quite, I did quite enjoy that scene of her there with her with her can and taking like, a swig. No, and I'm like, not yeah, drinking grim. that rubbish. Give me something else. So they end up watching the telly, watching quiz shows you... and stuff. I bet you, um, I bet you, oh no, I was going to say, what? I bet you Peter's got some really nice rum, but I don't think he does anymore. No, probably <laughs> not, probably no. not. Um, so Ryan starts getting all emotional about missing Crystal, or you know, who he thought was Crystal, just so hard or tragic, woe is me, woe is me. Then the subject of the kiss comes up again, and Ryan's like, oh, it was just a pity kiss. And Daisy says, no, I wanted to kiss you. And Ryan says, oh, really? Well, I still do. And then they flip and go and do it. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, my. This year's Coronation Street is all about these flighty women and and dirty doggy men just can't keep it in their trousers, can they? Well, because Coronation Street knows what categories we've got for our awards and they want to make sure that we've got enough nominees. I was... Oh, I disappointed with Daisy. I am. I don't get what I, she's... What is she doing here? What... This is why we need a confidant for her. We need to, her to explain what, why, what are you doing this for? Do you is it is it pity? Do you like him? Why didn't you realise this? I mean, I know that they they've got history though, don't they? Mm. I'd be interested to see what a girlfriend for Daisy would be like. Yeah, because she's clearly mates with Ryan with benefits a little bit. Um, but if she had a female friend, would I think that Daisy would be a really difficult person to be a friend with because I can imagine her kind of looking down on you and saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm the prettiest one and oh, being a little a bit, bit shallow. A bit of a mean girl. Yeah, I think she could. And it's a, it is a real shame because I'm rapidly going off Daisy, I have to say. I mean, not particularly enjoying the storyline at the moment. Finding it a bit boring doesn't help. But I, I, I'm just not into her going after... Well, I'll go after Daniel when she's got the lovely... Da- uh, sorry, going after Ryan when she's got the lovely Daniel back at the pub. It's difficult because you're not seeing anything of, of Daniel, so there's no sort of reason for her... You know, because that was the motivation for Sarah to go off with Damon, is that Adam was just ignoring her. Hmm. 
Um, and I guess maybe hard. they thought that they couldn't do the same thing again with Daisy because that would just be too well, repetitive. T- couldn't have Daniel working too hard. He's a teacher. He only works nine till three, doesn't he? 50 minute lunch 50 break minute every lunch day. Break. Oh, guess where's the violin? I just, I just, mm, <laughs> I, 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 I really obviously want to like Daisy. And I liked liking Daisy when I did. But I like this kind this kind of behaviour really makes it a bit more difficult for me. Anyway, um Carla comes up to the flat and uh, so they pull away quickly and Daisy tries to make a hasty exit, but Carla insists she stay, gets out the crisps of what crisps and wine and starts wittering on, blissfully unaware of the situation she almost walked into just then. Daisy tries to escape again and Ryan's like, Hey Daisy, I'd quite like to hang out with you again. I enjoyed today, so he's you know Feeling a bit perkier now. So that visit worked. Carla takes Ryan out of the flat, um, but he's not really interested, unsurprisingly, in a trip to the Rovers. And he's he's there with his hood up, isn't he? He's like, you know, doing his hiding my face I don't get thing. what she's... Yeah, because Bernie comes over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't get what she said that was so wrong. She says, you look well. I can't... I, did she? I can't remember what she said. She made... Yeah, I but she did. Whatever it was that she said, I remember thinking, that's... Not a, that, yeah, that's not an uh, unusual then comment or Carla's that glaring at her. Yeah, because and Carla's it's not ever helping. It's because she she dared to even mention like that acknowledge the fact that something had happened to him. I think it was basically that, and Carla just wants Ryan to be treated normally. But not, not going to happen. This is I always find this difficult. I've probably spoken about this before on the podcast about all these things that make people feel awkward about talking to somebody in a difficult situation and I just don't think it's helpful because people are already diff- awkward and actually the real response that he would probably get sadly is that people would ignore him and not want to talk to him. Well they had that didn't they a few weeks ago when uh, Sarah Louise came into the pub and she just didn't know where to look and, and didn't and not mentioning it for him was just as bad well, actually, it was for Daisy partly I think, at it's, the time. It's partly because you're scared of what happens with every time Carla's in a scene with him mm. or somebody judging you or being off. horrible to you because you say the wrong thing I'm sorry I don't know I haven't experienced somebody who's had an acid attack before I'm not particularly up on what I'm supposed to say or not but just pretending it didn't happen at all doesn't seem right but then you know I, I, I say that but then you also hear a peop- of people who are actually tactless and awful and do need to have a bit of a slap on Some the people are, but the, the best reaction that Ryan's had was when he went into the pub and, and Debbie was there and just was like giving him a big hug and also making fun of it a little bit. She was, I can't remember mm, she said something she like, was... oh is it you know, too soon to, to make jokes about it or, or whatever. It's difficult because each person's obviously different too. Yeah, it depends but... on the relationship you got with that person yeah, and what it's... you can get away with saying. It's, it's hard but having someone like Carla glaring at you, I guess it's realistic though because Carla's very protective of him Hmm. But she's she's if she's gonna start making people feel awkward and and it's not gonna help in the long run. With with Bernie, if you know if the shoe was on the other foot and somebody was saying something mm. to Paul like, "Oh, you're looking well at the moment. How's your foot doing?" I can imagine her going, "Well." But I don't know because Bernie seems to depends on what mood she's in. Yeah, she she does, does she she doesn't want pity for Ryan for Paul. Sorry, but. She does want there to be help and acknowledgement that he had, does That's have a condition the there and shaking her bucket at them and everything. It's it's not very easy for most people, but mm. I'm going to say in almost every situation, the person would rather you spoke to them 
Van ignore them. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So anyway, they, they go off to speed dial, don't they? And Alia's fussing over him a little bit. Daisy's been telling her about how he's been getting on and everything. Uh, Daisy goes back to the Rovers and said it went fine with Ryan. She said all the right things. Uh, and then she starts looking for flats because after, after kissing rounds two, she really just needs to get away from Weatherfield. Let's, uh, she, she's, she's worried that there's going to be a temptation for round three again of all this snoggery. And so she says, well, let's, let's, let's get a flat. Let's get far away from here. Just, you know, for, make a fresh start. Um, and, and I'm, I'm confused about why they didn't do this before. What? Cause it, cause it, was it because they were getting married that they didn't move out or okay. why don't these two adults with normal jobs have their own place to live? Poor. There was a reason. They, they both moved out at the same time, didn't they? And then yeah. they had nowhere to go. Yeah. But they could have organised that. Honestly, the priorities here are completely <laughs> out of whack. Why would you have an Instagram wedding that then you didn't even follow up on? Um, rather than like she she could she could be the next Mrs. Hinch. She could go and like decorate her little flat up with all the the nice furniture and cutesy house plants and get all them for free. Think about it, Daisy. <laughs> Later still. Think Ar- about it, Daisy. Alia walks, Alia walks Ryan home and is like, look, sorry about all this crystal palaver that's been going on. And then they bump into Max. And there was a little bit of a twist to the tale on the end of Monday's episode, wasn't it? Because Max is obviously out of prison now. But while he was in prison, or whatever it is they call it, I know they don't call it prison, he got... Um, they call it school. He... he <laughs> He got a, uh, he, he had D- Daisy's crystal phone, didn't he? That was the one that Daniel gave to him. And he heard the message from Ryan, leaving a message for Crystal. And and since he's come out, I'd completely forgotten about that. Most people have forgotten this. This was actually a really good yeah. twist. And well done, Corey, for blindsiding us with this. Even though, even though it was kind of obvious, wasn't it? It really, really was. And and um, and uh, they bump into Max. And because Alia's there, she's like, oh, Max, you're a big racist. I'm getting out of here. Leaving Ryan alone with him and and uh, Max says well you know what's wrong with that I'm not all bad I'm the one that told Daniel about your message when you're in a bad state the other week and Ryan's like what <laughs> you Uh-oh. heard that and so he's it suddenly dawns on him that the message that he left on Crystal's phone was actually Daisy's phone so he has put two and two together he knows that the catfisher was not Karen but Daisy instead oh no so, Wednesday, he's not been able to sleep. He's been tossing and turning all night with this new um, information. And Carla says, well, let's go out later. But he's not really in the mood after this shocking revelation I assume he's, he's told Carla to. Yes, yes, yes. So they both she, know. She, she knows she's now. trying to cheer him up, but he um, not And Daisy, meanwhile, has got this big old jar of sweets for Ryan. Jenny's excited about this flat thing that she's going to be telling Daniel about later. And then she gets a text from Ryan saying, look, I can't stop thinking about yesterday. I really need a chat. So she thinks that he's talking about the kiss and he wants, I don't know, does he want a bit more snogging or does he want to say, how are we going to make sure that Daniel definitely doesn't find out about this? maybe he's going to say, like, but, yeah. are you going to leave Daniel yeah. for me? Yeah, or exactly. Could be anything. But actually what he wants to do is give her the mother of all telling offs for her naughtiness. Uh, so she goes over and she's like, look, Ryan, it was a mistake. I'm with Daniel. We do have a connection, yes. But honestly, I just got carried away and I don't want to jeopardise our friendship and everything. And Ryan's like, let me stop you. I know that you are Crystal. <gasps> I know. Daisy tries to defend herself, but what, Ryan, what, is, what? Ryan is absolutely fuming. And 
despite this week of curry not being anything near a vintage week for me, this was probably my highlight. Ryan having a massive go at her, giving her an absolute slaughtering, not letting her pause for, not pausing for breath, just saying how awful she is at, at tricking him and catfishing but him. But I only did it because I cared about you, Ryan. And and I was watching it and thinking, I, I do I do kind of like Daisy. And also, you know, when she was doing it, I was defending her when other people weren't and saying, she's she's only trying to help. You know, every, lots of people were saying how despicable behaviour this is, Daisy. But I honestly, at the time, thought, no, she's she just wants to let him down gently. She's got herself into an awful muddle here. But when he was having a go at her, I was thinking, I, I don't blame him for this. She, she de- Does she deserve it? I don't know. But he definitely, I don't blame him whatsoever for letting loose on him. Did you? On her, yeah. On her, sorry. No, I agree. She's <laughs> She's messed up here, but... You know, it's one of these things that feels quite understandable. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, she was only trying to help, she, but she was being selfish because she was helping him in a way that she knew was not actually going to be no. good for him in the long run. Well, did she? I don't know. I think she's in <laughs> denial. He's just, like, full-on sarcastic, and he's, he's finally um, got the... He's able to, I can't remember the phrase that I'm trying to find, but he's he's there saying, oh, I, you're the one that was always you know, lording it over me. You're the one that's, that's no, that's not right. I, can't, I, don't, know I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say either. He's like saying, finally. Is he not saying something like, you think you're such, such hot stuff, but. Yeah, actually. He calls her a shell, doesn't he? He says you're just empty. I can't remember where. I think there's a couple of these scenes that go on in the episode, and he's like, "After all this, you, you know, you think you're all that exactly, but you're abs- you're actually nothing, and I'm the one that's I'm cool. Yeah, I'm the cool dude. I'm a DJ, you know. I've got beauty within, not yeah. not without like you. <laughs> so uh, he he slings her out eventually, and uh, Jenny comes round with a sweet delivery, gets the door slammed in her face too, and she's proper confused because she's got she's got no she's got idea about any of fault. this. No, so she goes and finds Daisy in Victoria Gardens and tells her that what's well, what's going on with Ryan? He he asked was asking me if I'm in on it too. He needs help. And uh, she heads back to the pub and Daisy calls him and leaves him a message saying, I'm coming over again. So yeah, this is the second scene of it. And he's just massively sarky to her, says, yeah, you may be stunning, but all your ugliness is on the inside. And she says, no, no, look, I promise you, my feelings for you are real. My friendship for you is real. I was just trying to do the best thing. And he says, no, you made me feel like a massive mug. You know what? I used to envy Daniel, but now I feel sorry for him marrying a shell (laughs) like you. He just carries really, really well written. I love this stuff. Uh, and then he heads out and he's like, he, he's obviously got a mind to tell Daniel about these snogs that he's had just to ruin her day even more. So Daniel is over in the pub looking for Daisy, right on cue. Ryan swaggers in. He's all drunk. He's followed by Daisy. He's desperate for him not to reveal what's just been going on between them. Um, but then Ryan learns that Daniel knew about it too. Um, and oh, Daniel's like... No. Uh, it's, it was misguided. It came from a good place, though. And <laughs> Ryan is just on the cusp of revealing about this snogging session that they'd had. But he holds back because I think Daniel mentions something about Bertie, maybe. And Ryan's like, oh, God, I don't, don't want to break up something. So he doesn't say about that, but he does tell Jenny because she seems to be the only one who doesn't know about at this point what about the catfishing. 
So why is he all right to kiss somebody, but telling the partner that he kissed them is a step too far and will break up the relationship? I don't know. I don't know. Brian. He's like, he just leaves after saying, if I were you, mate, to Daniel, I'd keep an eye on her. So He's like, I am. Jenny Believe me, takes De- uh, Daisy to the back and gives her the second ear bashing <laughs> of the day before clopping off back into the bar and she's left <laughs> feeling suitably humbled by the whole ordeal. Oh dear. And uh, Daniel comes in and Daisy says, oh God, really messed up. And Daniel's like, everything's out in the open now. There's hashtag no more secrets, is there, Daisy? Everybody knows everything there is to know about that. She's like, hmm. So she goes up to the flat again, gets both barrels from Carla this time. She's just what, a she glutton just, for yeah, punishment, say, isn't she? Walking around, going, has anyone got anything they want to go any, at Anyone got any mud to sling at me? Um, she says, uh, Ryan says, that you can come in, you've got two minutes. She wants to know why he didn't tell Daniel about the kiss, and he says, oh yeah, it was because of the whole Bertie thing that Daniel was talking about. Couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm not going to tell him. Going to be our secret. And Daisy says, well, I'm not going to tell him either. So there's no way he will ever find out about this. And it's going to be a secret that's going to last forever in Coronation Street history. Or maybe it will come out. How long do you give it until this comes out? Two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, not not surprisingly, would it? Um, so she, she, he's just like, whatever. You do you, Daisy. And um, Daisy's like, did you... Did you not tell him because you actually do still have feelings for me? And he's like, I can't believe you. After <laughs> all of this, you deluded cow. How dare Aww. you say that? And she's not, she's you're the one that's hung up on me, not the other way around. She's got high self-esteem. Well, nothing wrong with that, is there? Exactly. She says, look, I care about you, but not like that. And he says, you are just massively in denial, mate. Sorry, love, though. I'm not interested. And again, I, I just See, loved that this. Was good I loved Ryan being he, able to... I bet he felt really powerful in that moment of like thinking that the rest of his life is him going to be rejected by women. Yeah. And then he gets to just shoot down the hottest girl he knows. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so she goes home to Daniel, finally revealing that she wants the pair of them to move out and she's already started looking and we should have a family. Let's and move Daniel's away like, from Weatherfield. I've never even considered any of this as an option. <laughs> He's like, you know what? That doesn't sound like half bad a suggestion. Our days. He says, if only my house that I had rented out to refugees was available, but I am too morally upstanding <laughs> to to use it to house my family, including my child. <laughs> so Friday's episode, Daisy kind of sheepishly returns to the Rovers and to see Jenny. Um, she's 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 forgiven her though after being an idiot with the whole crystal thing and says right I really think you need to properly make it up with with Daniel and just get away and and be a proper family together then we had a little bit of Debbie come around to see Ryan she's just heard about the whole crystal mess and uh she and well wouldn't that Daisy a cow and Ryan says look I know that you know after even though I did give her be old talking to yesterday I know that deep down she didn't mean to hurt me um, I don't want there to be any bad feelings between us. And Debbie says, well, in that case, get over the road, talk to her. You need closure. Um, later on, Daisy's a lot more chipper and, and Jenny pours them some bubbly. Well, yeah, J- Jenny's trying to, trying to move, move her on, isn't she? Yeah, isn't she? And yeah they, they toast New Horizons or something. Just in time for Ryan to come in and, and oh, act no. all offended that she dares have a drink, a glass of bubbly when she pub. should. I don't know, what should she have been doing? What would have been a suitable state for Ryan to have found Daisy Crying in? Crying <laughs> on a chair. No, I mean, it was it was a bit 
um, unfortunate. It's not. It's not necessarily bad taste for them to have been doing it, but maybe. We're just used to that sort of thing happening on Coronation Street now, aren't you? People Anytime always you're come be in doing just at the, at the wrong moment. Um, so anyway, he's, he's all offended that Daisy is not <laughs> racked with guilt. Uh, so he goes to see Debbie in the bistro later, and um, he he swears that he's not in love with Daisy, but uh, Debbie isn't convinced by this. So it feels like there's still some unfinished business between them. There's so much complicated emotion to with in this funny little relationship that that they've got together because he's obviously jealous of her and date and Daniel, but he's also jealous that she's got away with no real long-term consequences and he's stuck there mm. and he thought she was his way out because he's concerned about the future and he saw a future with her and then he's just jealous and annoyed that she's moving on with Daniel and he's going to be stuck there in Weatherfield kipping on his aunt's sofa <laughs> for the rest of his life he feels like being rejected by his mum yeah I mean do you think do you think that he would actually go with her after all this? Yeah, because he's dumb and he's... Because the snog this week was before the catfishing reveal. He's dumb, and honestly, can I just say this too? If Daisy did not look like Daisy, none of these men would give her to... She's <laughs> so much... She's so messy, this girl. She's so complicated and, like, really self-absorbed and so much trouble... If she did not look like the most beautiful woman in Weatherfield, then they wouldn't give her five minutes. So if you were Daisy right now, mm-hmm. would you take a risk and confess to Daniel that you maybe to. had a little snog with Ryan? You'd have to, but you know it's going to come out on moving day or something. and It's just another, it's just another you know... Just another soap Sword secret, isn't it? It doesn't. It doesn't particularly excite me because it does feel like it's a it very much like... well trodden ground here. For but soap. then again, you know, we've just had Sarah and Adam, and this relationship, this affair, and it obviously went a lot further than Daisy and Ryan. Yeah, just did. a little kiss on the sofa. Um, but are we going to have another man being told his girlfriend or wife was? you know, cheating on him and going, I don't really mind. I'll just get, get over it, I guess. I, I... Like, really, if if he forgives Daisy as well, as, as Adam having forgiven Sarah, even though obviously there's a lot more to that story than mm. than that. It just give it just every Witherfield like woman carte blanche to drop one. her drawers for anyone. You get one shag or kiss. It, it, the thing is, Daisy could think it was just a kiss though it might be worth the risk yes he might utterly reject her but equally he she, he might think i'm not gonna not gonna get any better it was just a kiss it, we, we, it's, it's so difficult for us because we watch it through the eyes of a soap viewer don't we and we and maybe if this was real life you'd think maybe it won't come out but no. we can't i can't <laughs> look wasn't. past the fact that clearly before long, Daniel's going to know about this secret, and it probably is better if it comes from from um, from Daisy's lips. It's just like the whole Max and Beck thing, isn't it? Yeah. If Max had told Beck why he was in prison, she probably wouldn't be reacting the same way that she is at the moment. So if I could give Daisy any advice, it'd be just to tear off that plaster and, and let him know about it. Really and, should. And hope for the best. And, I mean... <sighs> 
Maybe this is what's going to happen, though, because I, I really cannot see Daisy and Daniel moving to Didsbury. Oh, no, of course not. So They're not going to move that's away. Gonna, that's, maybe that's what's going to happen, is that it's going to come out about the kiss, and then Daisy's going to have to stay at the pub. Mm. And then I do hope that it's not the end of Daisy and Daniel, though. I think that they're honest, genuinely a good couple. I'd I'd rather they were together than her and Ryan. Yeah, I agree with you. I, Although I, her and Ryan ending up together is a, almost kind of soap opera twee, isn't can't it? I see them like, being happy together, though. No, they don't seem intellectually suited. Not that you know. Not not that Daisy is some kind of. No, I don't think either of them are great. Deep but I, I think <laughs> during the courtship of Daniel and Daisy, we did get to see that she he got a brain in that head, hasn't she? I think she? they learned about them each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Daisy and Daniel through their relationship. Yeah. Um. With Ryan, I mean, honestly, Daisy, the best one in the world, is a bit of a gold digger. She mm. she is latching on to Daniel because he's got good prospects. Oh, Ryan ain't, ain't got any gold to dig, has he? Ryan, she she was into him when she thought he was a DJ that was going to, you know, travel the world and earn lots of money. But now I can't see her thinking he's got much of a chance. No, the only gold he's got is the Abba Gold CD in his uh, record collection. <sighs> I mean, it's... <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't that great. It's, um... Regret. I think it's a bit sexist to say she's a gold digger, but but there's certainly nothing wrong with having expectations for your partner economically. Mm. Like, are are you both aligned? Do you both want the same things from different aspects of your life? And money is one of them. And Ryan strikes me as the sort of person he'd be perfectly content to just spend the rest of his life on Carla's sofa. Yeah. And... I don't think that Daisy wants that. I think that, uh, not that being a teacher is going to earn them very much (laughs) in the way of income, but Daisy wants someone who's a bit more put together. Ryan was saying a few months ago before the acid attack that he wanted to make more of his life, though, didn't he? And he'd just been kind of bumming around and maybe he needs to go down the more traditional route. Maybe, yeah, he was saying that, but how many times have I said that? Like, how many layabout, lazy-ass layabout like me and Ryan, sit around going, oh, I'm going to change, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do this and that. And then next next week it's like, yeah, I, was, I am going to, I'll promise. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that this is going to change. I mean, if he was a real person, I'd have absolutely no expectations that this is going to change him at all. But because it's a soap, maybe it will turn his life around. Yeah. I just feel really also, sad, d- sorry for, Dan- for Daniel and all this. And because, like you said, because he's been so absent for a lot of the story I, d- I don't know whether the audience is really feeling anything for him at the moment no I know um and and it, it would it would also feel very twee if the the you know the disfigured DJ gets the beautiful girl and it's like it's a bit of an Ashley and Maxine situation isn't it like, it's a bit rude <laughs> although you know he <laughs> Ashley wasn't disfigured he's just had, he just a, funny had a funny voice <laughs> sorry sorry and actually you know if you look at him from the right direction Ryan is definitely a bit of a hunk as well also I, I I've heard, heard. tell yes <laughs> okay um, so I, I'm just ready for this story to I, I don't know where it's. I don't know where it's going. I'm. I'm kind of thinking ahead and looking at the end of the year and what's going to be. You know, the big where story of be. the year. Which no, I'm thinking. What are we going to say? That was the big story of 2023. And, and last year, around this time, 
we were thinking, you know, has there been a big story this year? Is it this Imran, Toya and Abby thing? And it, and it did turn out that for us that was the big story of the year. This one, I think we've got a few more contenders as possibly big stories of the year, but if you look at all the award nominations, this is it. But, you know, the trajectory that it's going at the moment, by the time we get to the end of the year, I'm thinking I'm going to be sick of this. I'm sad to... I, I don't know what it needs to... It needs to not be an affair storyline, but I'm afraid that ship sailed. Yeah, it is. It's another one, isn't it? Um, anyway, but maybe we're wrong. Do let us know, listeners. Are you are you well, some feeling... some people will be liking it. I think they they probably are. I think that... Um, I don't know what the Daisy fan base are thinking about her and They Ryan, don't like her, her I don't think. Are they not? They don't... I think they, they're just upset at Daisy's moral depravity. Yeah, well, that's the same as me, isn't it? But then I get told that <laughs> if if everybody is um, if everybody is morally upstanding and doing well, the right thing, pro- then it's a boring program, program which is very, very You've got true, to let but... people make mistakes. Mm. It's how they solve them and, and overcome the, the obstacles that they create for themselves. I want, that's the they, I want Jenny to be more of a main character in it. She's just... She, she's going to be up there in the top ten again this year, Jenny, I think, for a number of appearances, but it still feels like she's just not quite... Got and had enough to get her teeth into. No, she's but she's been, doing. I think she's got. She's got the Stevens. It's definitely story, enjoying watching she? her. Oh yeah, absolutely. Shall we do the next? She she made a few good um expressions this week, didn't she, Jenny? <laughs> yeah, I, can't, really I don't did. think it was this story. I think so it was the funny. Elaine one. But yeah. Um. So Adam and Sarah Louise storyline then, Gemma. Go. From one affair to another. Yeah. Tell me about it. Adam exorcises his demons. Hmm. On Monday, Damon's. Damon's. <laughs> on Monday, Sarah, Adam, and Harry are back at speed dial, and, and Damon comes in and sits with the sits and kind of glares at them every now and then, getting all jealous about them and their family. And they go back home, and Sarah's complimenting Adam on the fact that he handled Damon being there very well. And then she's like, "Come into the bedroom," and he's like, "No, I don't want to." No bonking yet, lady. Don't want a shaggy, filthy tramp. You still smell of Damon. Ugh. On Wednesday, Leanne is um, not a fan of Damon's new idea, which is he, she wa- he wants to set up a trendy pop-up restaurant, which, are, you know, used to be just a, a, a burger van, but now is, <laughs> like, mm. street food or, or whatever. Speaking of restaurants, um, I, I like the mention of the place off St Anne's Square in tonight's episode, yeah. and I wonder whether that was a, a subtle reference to Jenny McAlpine's uh, place. Annie's, yes. That is where it is located as well. <laughs> um, so Nick's like, we can't afford to do this, and Damon says that I, I could fund it because I know some people that might be interested in investing. <laughs> the last time anybody on the show had a, a pop-up restaurant or a, or a van, they, they ended up catching their wife shagging... Oh yeah, another bird in the. And back. the time before that, there's someone out of van. They were driving it into, into, into a lake. Molly yeah. and Molly and Tara. on fire, and then it got covered in water. I don't. This, this story just can't win for me. Late night licensing, boring. Pop up restaurant, pop up bistro. I just, I can't get excited about it. Any one of Damon's brilliant entrepreneurial ideas just leaves me absolutely cold. And that's what, unfortunately, a lot of this was about this week, wasn't it? It's like, oh, are we going to get a pop-up? It's just, just, it's just, are we going to get late night licensing in another package, I'm afraid? It was a bit, it was a bit boring because it's businessy. I would be more interested if they were talking about actual food. (laughs) (laughs) That's where your interests lie. I would find that really interesting. 
Um, but it also feels a bit like Damon keeps going to Leanne and Nick. You know this business that we've got? Why don't we try to make some money out of it? How about it? we make more money? And they're like, no, I don't know. It sounds like too much hard work. I don't really know if I want it. If I'm into I can't be bothered. And he's like, God damn it, you two power of idiots. I know. They'd be fired off The Apprentice in the first week, wouldn't they? Yeah. So, I mean... Although remember- I tell you what, I'd like to see Alan Sugar try and fire Leanne. <laughs> she'd, uh, she'd fight back. She'd fire him. So, Adam... Adam is like walking down the road later with um, Sarah, and he sees Damon, and he makes a big show of like giving her a big old kiss. Very, it was kind, of, it was kind of gross actually, because he's like holding on to, into her, her head and like, you know, really possessively. It, what it felt really creepy and like I own this woman and you got no claim on her <laughs> to me. Um, so Damon sees this and he. Um, well, Sarah's like, did you just do that because he was there? It's gross. I'd, I would hate that. She brought it on herself. <laughs> so, yes, I'm good to get no sympathy for this lady. So Damon goes to the office, um, the lawyer's office, to get some paperwork, and Adam's like, you're not welcome in here, blah, blah, blah. Again, so unprofessional that that he's Dee's client, and Adam, you know what I mean? It's like, why, mm. <laughs> why are we doing this? You silly people. Because um, it's dramatic, Gemma, of course, that's why. What's wrong with you? Anyway, um, Adam goes into the office at the bistro to have a moan at Nick, and saying that Damon's pushing all his all his buttons and they need to get rid of him. I'm fed up with him. I can't live near him or work near him. I want him to to leave. But Leanne's like, we can't let this damage our amazing business. We need to get. I I want to get rid of him. But it, he, I don't know what he'd do if we if we tried something. And she, he, yeah, she's just saying that you know you don't mess he, with this guy. He 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 is part of our business. We're not letting some affairs get in the way of us earning what we need for. Well, the to bistro. be fair, I would feel the same way. Yeah, it's like sorry that your sister's the, the slapper, but I don't. <laughs> I don't want to lose out on all my lovely That's money. That's a bit pot calling the kettle brat there, Leanne, to be fair. <laughs> we know your past. Uh, no, this is too much. We can't be doing... We can't be saying this. We're going to get bad reviews <laughs> now. We haven't had a review for all year. I don't think. We? I don't think so. It's, oh, maybe that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> Nick runs um, over to catch Adam as he comes out of work. And he's saying, look, we can't... I can't do anything about Damon... Adam realises that he has, Damon's done something to make him more valuable to Nick and Leanne, so he gets out of Nick that it's the pop-up restaurant idea. It's like, mm. <laughs> I was te- Adam might be like, simpletons, could you not come up with this idea yourself? <laughs> Why can't you steal his idea and get How rid of it? long have Nick and Leanne been in the bistro trade? You know, they've, yeah, been, in, they've, both they've been, been in hospitality for... Years. Many, yeah. Like, years and years. A decade at least, I'm going to say. No. Was she Leanne used to have lip philandros, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was even before then. <sighs> right. So uh, he's like, "Sorry, the business comes first. Adam's like miffed off. Later on, Dee Dee tells Adam that Damon might end up surprising him because he nobody's irredeemable, and uh, you know when he first came in, he was dodgy, and you know there was all that stuff about um, him stepping in and taking a beating for Paul when he realised, mm. and that that relationship between Paul and Damon's gone. Kaput, hasn't it? Yeah. But I guess they were there for each other when they needed it. Yeah. Fair weather friends. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were, they, were, they were there when it was tough for each other. Oh, yeah. Not really, but... Um, Adam seems... Fair weather is in it made an interesting couple of scenes. Yes. Adam. Adam's like, so what you're telling me is that Damon has got some people that want to beat him up, which sounds good and interesting. Thank you for that information. So on Friday, 
again, Sarah is like, Adam, let's spend time together again. Have you not learned that he doesn't care about you and he only cares about his work? You mm-hmm. need to, uh, that's a hard lesson that you need to, that you need to. Anyway, wasn't she worried about her business? Mm-hmm. I, I think Uncle Stephen should be whip, whipping, uh, yeah. like doing man in the whips more. Getting yeah. her back at work. So fannying about at home, seducing the husband. Yeah, literally fannying about. <laughs> He's not very excited, but he says, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do something later. And he goes to work. And Dee Dee comes in to work and she sees Adams going through her papers and, and, He's trying to ask her who is it that beat Damon up, and she was she's saying, "I'm not telling you. I'm protecting you. You can't go around doing this. You got to drop this for your own sake. This is bad, professionally and like personally. Just forget it." Later on, uh, Leanne and Nick are going to look after Harry so Sarah and Adam can go out, and in the end, they don't even go out. They just have a takeaway. No. I would be so mad at him. If I was if I dress up and you come and we're supposed to be going out for a restaurant, and you come home, you're like, oh, let's not let's just have a takeaway. I would go out. For I myself. would like to see you dress up like Sarah did. If I came home, <laughs> I'd look like a sausage. That's <laughs> first out of its skin. Sarah Louise looked very nice. She did she when, when Adam nice. came home. So, um, so Sarah admits to them that they're going for a rough match. <laughs> oh really? And Leanne says, "Look, Adam loves you," and. Damon yeah. turns up, what? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, Sarah turns to leave, Damon arrives. Damon, and they sort of are a bit awkward around each other. And then Damon says to Nick and Leanne, I've already found some places we can have this shop. You know, he's, a, I'll tell you what, you say what you like about him, but he actually does, has an idea and he actually does it. Yeah. Most of them on this programme, when they have a business idea, they fart about with like doing a presentation to somebody and then they have an investor who comes and insults the staff or d- doesn't like them because they didn't make their tea properly. And then they, they have to little cry because their business plans aren't good. You know, he just goes and goes, yeah, do you know what I did? I asked someone who's not on the show because if you ask somebody on the show, you have to have a scene about it and it takes like a whole episode. <laughs> if you just go and ask somebody outside, screen, yeah. it, it's much smoother. Yeah, he needs to get involved with Chesney with his chess burgers because that's, yeah. that's an idea that's months old nice and hasn't, like, hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. So um, Adam sees Paul in the street and says, look, I'm working on, on some some case that might uh, you know, might know about this, this insurance scam thing. And who who was involved in that? And Paul's, Paul tells him it was Neil. Niall. Niall. And he works, blah, blah, blah. And Adam's like, thanks very much. Oh, he uses some information. Yeah, he says that he works in this old tyre place, which is part of the, the front for his dodginess. But I was we don't admit, actually, I was, don't I actually go there. He just ends up in a pub. Exactly. That's why I wasn't going to mention it to try to save time. Sorry. Damon and Adam bump into each other in the street and Dame's like gloating, going, oh, I've got a pub restaurant. <laughs> and Adam's like, don't be so cocky. You know, the restaurant trade's notoriously difficult to make money out of. And you never know what's coming around the corner. Then we have a location shoot, which Michael loved, obviously. Yes, Adam very nice. meets Niall, Niall. Yes. In, in another pub. I didn't know that there was another pub, but there is. And Adam's like, it was really funny because they were both kind of talking in code to each other. And uh, this Niall was like, I'm not interested. I don't care. But he, Adam basically lies and tells Niall, Damon, <laughs> I just don't like the way it's written. <laughs> Damon is going to tell the police about this insurance scam so that he can get a lesser sentence on another charge. And Niall's like, that that would never happen. He wouldn't dare do that. He knows that it would be a bad idea. Why are you telling me that? Anyway, what's it to you? And Adam says, I was just trying to get him in trouble because I don't like him. And Niall's like, I can respect that. That sounds... 
normal to me. Um, hmm. <laughs> Come on, we can make this work. We can do it. Didi uh, asks Alia if Adam was asking her about... That doesn't really go anywhere, does it? No. Adam finds Damon in the street and says, I've just told Niall that you are going to dob him into the police. And then it's like, advert break. It's like, we knew that this was... Why, why is that? And No. So after the break, Damon's terrified. He's like, Adam, Adam, Adam says, oh, you better run away, hadn't you? And he's panicking. You're like, he looks absolutely like he's about to die, which is possible. Runs into the bistro. I wonder how much he'd been wondering that this kind of thing could actually happen. No, because he had, because he squared everything away. He was going down the straight and narrow. He said this before. And now it's all come back to haunt him because Adam's meddling and lying. Right, okay. Is he's obviously not going to have done this. No, no, he? I know. So Adam's just lying. Yeah. So Damon's panicking. He comes to the bistro, starts packing the bag, looks at the safe, and we assume that he's stolen money out of it. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't see him putting any money in the bag, do we? But he did have a bit of a uh, a bulky bag as he left. <laughs> they should <laughs> they should uh, they should rename the safe in the um, in the bistro to like plot device dispenser <laughs> or something because that's what it is, isn't it? They never really use it apart from to store plot development. Yeah, they only need to show the safe if somebody's going to be pinching something out of it. So he runs off. He's like, "Bye, see you, smiley, <laughs> to Leanne," and then he gets in his car. He's by he's by the court, but I don't think we're supposed to realise it's the court, but it's the well, same it's, yeah, well, exterior yes. that they used to film. Court yeah, not scenes. the one that they do court scenes in now, is it? Um, he, he's trying, he's trying to call Sarah, who at this point has got her sexy outfit on, and, um, I, he leaves a voicemail telling her that Adam's dodgy, and he's set him up, and he's got to leave for a little bit, and Sarah's busy, <laughs> and Adam deletes the message, and, um, he's full of triumph about the fact that he's got one over on Damon, so... He like let's stay in and shag and have a takeaway. Yeah, as far as as far as Adam's concerned, at the end of the episode, he's won. Damon's left, and I was watching that, and it it felt like a proper exit, didn't it? It really did because and and the direction made it seem like he was gonna drive into someone or blow up or, or something. Yeah, it was very we dramatic. Both, both of us turned to each other um, when, when he was driving off, and it's a bit of a shaky cam because it was slightly too long as well. It just felt like why are we watching him? drive so far down the road if he's not going to blow up well they the thing is normally if they're going to blow something up they probably makes more sense to do it on the lot where it's a little bit safer of but course it, it felt like it was what just, was the point of having that as a location shoot when he might like as that. well have been parked up against seb's murder wall Maybe. but i was really appreciative of the yeah. fact that they did go out into manchester to do it. it was great it just made me think Oh, this is a special scene, and then I expected something a bit more yeah, special probably... than just him driving off to happen. Yeah, but more frequent um, trips into Manchester. Scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this. Uh... So the saddest part about this whole story is that there will be no pop-up restaurant. Well, I don't know. They've uh, he's, he's sown the seeds now, hasn't he? But he never told them who his investors were. That's how you make a pop-up restaurant. You just sow some seeds and water it for a bit, and it goes pop. Um, didn't he? I thought he did. I thought he showed them um, pictures of it, or, or I, I don't know. I don't care at all about this. Um, so I was definitely caught off guard a little bit by Damon's exit. I haven't seen anything online 
about um, what's his name who plays him, Kieran, thinking me, Bob, saying, "Well, that's me done in Coronation Street. It was a lovely time." So I am very much assuming that he hasn't left. Although he's going to come back, but he Sarah's have... going to find out that she's up the duff. Yeah, that... with her. One of them. But this this um, phantom pregnancy has been it's just not waiting. A no, that's not the word, is it? What, what would you call the pregnancy? Um, Inevitable. Schrodinger's pregnancy. Schrodinger's pregnancy. <laughs> yes, who's the daddy's storyline to be? Has been there in the background for a good month at least now. We're just waiting for it to come out. And what better time than <laughs> when one of the potential daddies is um, missing? You know, missing. Yeah. Yeah, A-W-O-L. Because I think... <laughs> I use it properly this week. So You don't say it, though. You, you just A-wall. say A-W-O-L. So, I don't know why I spelled, decided to spell it. <laughs> yeah, so Sarah's going to find out that she's pregnant, surely. And then... The thing is, like, if she does, I wonder whether she'd even tell Adam. Because he's Im- immediately going to want to have maybe a paternity test, isn't he? Or, you know, he's, he's not going to necessarily jump to the idea that it's his. Although I don't know how honest she's been about how many times that she slept together with Adam. So it could well be that no, the Damon. dates of the... the uh, Damon, sorry. It could well be that the dates of the pregnancy are, you know, put a certain date, probably the you know from the very first time even, and Adam's like, oh, well, you weren't with um, Damon there, were you? You only slept with him more recently. And she's like, oh, maybe. So I, I don't they, know. No, I tell you, I think Adam's too suspicious and jealous mm. to... Not to consider just assuming it's his. It child. would be quite foolhardy to to make that massive leap of to conclusion, In considering that his wife has been spreading her legs for all no. and sundry for the past few months. No. Um. So, yeah, she she's gonna need to try and contact him. Um, well, it depends. It depends, doesn't it? Is she gonna have this test? Is she? Because we said before that you can test. I don't know if Coronation Street's gonna go down that yeah, route, yeah, yeah. but. Um, if she does find, yeah, there's so many what ifs. We don't even know she's pregnant. Like I don't even. No, don't, so don't even know. It's we're one so of these convinced. things. Just like we were it's convinced because, about the scaffolding. But it's so. because they've sown the seeds that Coronation Street has left all the crumbs, and it seems very obvious, narratively mm. speaking, that um, you know they were trying for a baby. She wanted one. He wanted one at different times, and then they didn't have one, yeah. and then. Any time a woman sleeps with two men at once on Coronation <laughs> Street, it's probable that she's gonna become yeah heavy with child. Um, but I, you know what? I I kind of hope that she doesn't because that means that the story goes on for a bit longer. I, doesn't what? I, I hope that she doesn't. I hope that she isn't pregnant. Oh. It, but what it, it, this what one? Do you this mean? one story the, doing what? The, it's re- the, I've just got a real you know back and forth relationship with both this story and the Daisy one. Like there are some weeks the Daisy story I'm thinking is brilliant and, and gripping and the best thing since sliced bread. Another week it's like oh, no, I don't need it to go this way. And that's exactly the same with this one. A couple of weeks ago when we had those scenes with Harry discovering Sarah with Adam, that was a brilliant mm-hmm. story. That was the best of the week. But Sarah now with Damon. Oh, sorry, Damon. I'm getting them. I'm getting them confused. Just like I, I don't know if it annoys people when I when I say, but no, I it's think probably sometimes useful for it's, me. it's important to make sure that I'm glad you're listening to what I'm saying because I've got no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, then that was interesting, but it just honestly it flips back and forth like Sarah flips between men about whether this so... is. I could say what I want. She's not real. 
She's been like it for years anyway. We were watching some of the uh, classic episodes on ITV threes today, weren't we? Where um, she was, <laughs> At uh, she party. was, yeah, she was. Uh, she's just started sleeping with Todd Grimshaw, age fifteen or something, and uh, she's 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 always enjoyed the company of men between the sheets, hasn't she? Well, why not? <laughs> um, what's your general impressions of this story at the moment? Are you are you interested or bored, or are you flipping like I am? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> Taylor just run off. But I don't are, know. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. Are you? I, I, I don't feel convinced. I, I, I find by your tone. I'm, I'm kind of finding it a bit creepy and gross. If I'm honest. In what way? <sighs> There's too much. Sex. Too much second. Too, too much. much no, it's not that. It's just. It's just the way that they're. The way that. <sighs> Everything's moving really fast, I think. Adam is being expected to just be okay with the fact that his wife was sleeping with another man. And then, you know, at the beginning of the week, he's like, oh, don't want to sleep with you, Sarah, because I still feel, you know, upset and unsettled by this. And then by the end of the week, he's like, yeah, I'm triumphantly shagging you. It just felt really kind of... It just felt like he was treating Sarah's body like some kind of prize that he has... Or like some kind of possession that he had claim over, and he was celebrating his win by 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 sleeping with her. If you know what I mean. She just didn't hear her complaining though. No, but you, do you see what I mean? Like how possessive he's being over her, and it's like, do you love her as a person, or are you just mad that somebody slept with your wife? Because those are two different mm. things. And I don't know whether he really loves her or cares about her, or if he is just obsessed with the idea that he doesn't want somebody else to steal his wife once this is all over and done i still don't know whether we will feel more invested in the relationship of adam and sarah because i think a few weeks ago i was saying that they actually did have some nice character development scenes and and then back to this week i just i wasn't feeling it i mean they're obviously really like um spending time time with each other yeah but but like, do they know each other? Do they care about each other? Do they? What? What is it that they Could like they do about a podcast each other? Together? Do they? Does Does Adam know what Sarah? You know, I just don't feel like there's a personal connection, mm. and that was kind of the point of the the Damon and Sarah thing because she felt like Damon actually cared about her. Yeah. And and since since they that Sarah slept with Damon and then it all came out, Adam's kind of had to grovel a little bit himself with the and, and kind of come to terms with the fact that she was unhappy in their marriage. But what has he actually done? Like, begrudgingly came home early so that he could have a takeaway. Mm. Yeah. Nothing really. He's He's been too obsessed with taking Damon down, which I think, if Coronation Street is doing it on purpose, which I hope they are, is, is um, a really clever way of sort of demonstrating that Adam really hasn't learned anything from what happened between him and Sarah. He's still not really caring about her as a person and now he all he cares about is setting a score with Damon and winning, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank I you. don't know. No, I, don't, I, was, I asked you what you thought about it and you told me. I told so. you. Thanks. Um, so let's go on to another um, nasty man, Aaron, who is now gone. He's left the street. We haven't seen him at all this week, but Amy's still having a hard time getting over the whole ordeal. But she, so she starts off the week having a lovely long bath, which is just what you want in a, in a hot June day. Although it's still still looking fairly miserable over in Weatherfield, isn't it? Very puddly. Um, Stephen Tracy are a little bit worried about her. She comes downstairs and, and, and Stephen Tracy says, look, you, you can come to us 
come with us for work today if you like and she's like no I do not like that actually in fact I'm meeting up with a mate from uni today so she's trying to she's trying to move on she says she's trying to um, but later she's found by summer sitting on Martin's bench in Victoria Gardens and Amy's like look I'm glad I'm glad the Aaron stuff is over but I tell you what I just cannot get the thought of the whole thing out of my head but what I'm going to do is refocus on university and then it's all going to be fine and then just in time, she gets a phone call from the university wanting to have a rather serious sounding chat with her. And it turns out that after all this, she's got to repeat the whole year. How long has this story been going for her? How much university has she missed? It doesn't feel like it's been too long, does Don't it? Don't forget that they are not in, they're not in lessons or whatever you call it, you know. They're not being in education the whole time. You have lots of time off when you're a student. Well, yeah, university is definitely finished by this point in the year. So if she's not, if she's, the thing, is, what I'm trying to say is, when you should be there, if you miss out, it's a more serious problem than if you were missing out on, like, school. Yeah, I guess because so. Because it's a larger percentage of the uh, amount. Mm. It just seems like a quite a convenient way to set up Amy and Summer being at university together next year, maybe. And I think that they even make that point later. Um, and, um... Asher as well. I can't remember what the latest with Asher is. I know that she wants to become a paramedic. Is she gonna? Are all three of them gonna go off to the same university together? Are we gonna get a dorm room set for those three of them? Because oh, I'd like I, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't not like that. But I, do, I also don't know what what kind of university do you go to be a paramedic and business and what does whatever do? someone wants to do. No bloody <laughs> idea. Anyway, um, so. Amy's Amy's down in the dumps because she's she's been told that her university wanted her to repeat another year. So she's like, oh, what's the point? I'm just going to drop out. So Steve and Tracy ask Summer to come over to try and chivvy her up a little bit. And Summer says, well, you know, it's it's great. Look, you, you're not, you've got to repeat the year. That's fine. Pressure's off. I'd be worried about all the extra money I'd have to be shelling out. Do you get a refund for the year if you're told that you have to repeat it because you, you were raped? I don't think so. Well... Um, she's that's probably, that's the universities are just gonna are just cashing in, aren't they? Like, sorry, they sorry, money. you're gonna have to give us another however many thousand pounds it is to do a year again. They've got a bit of a racket going on there. That's why the um, lecturer was like, "Yeah, take as much time off as you want. I don't mind." Yeah, <laughs> all tuition fees for me. Baby. Exactly. So to try and take their minds off the whole thing, they agree for a bit of late night bistroing and so they're there having their shots or whatever at the bar and a guy comes up and uh, he says look come and come and sit with my mate and my wife and Summer's like no which is a girl's night out and then Amy starts to loosen up a little bit and order self, her, orders herself and Summer a sambuca and then we get a scene later on where they are royally sozzled having a bit of a dance on the dance floor and I did like this because Amy who is definitely a bit more of an outgoing friend than Summer but she's still just like that a little bit square isn't she but she kind of drags Summer up to the dance floor and Summer's like oh no I don't really dance and I could totally get that Summer not being much of a um yeah, not a fan of being on the dance floor, do you think? I like the way they're both slightly nerdy. They, they are a little bit, aren't they? And so is Asha, which but is why a little... But without being a stereotype of it. No, I think it, it's just right. They're probably like the, the most normal 
teens I've seen. I think they are fairly realistic, actually, yeah. Not that I know. Um, anyway, they're, they're there having a bit of a bop on the dance floor. Um, and then we see this other guy from earlier who's trying to pull his wife up for a dance as well. And the wife's like, no, no, no. Amy, who is three sheets to the wind at this point, kind of misinterprets the woman's um, lack of desire to have a dance. And she's like, oh, she's... She, you're drunk. She, she doesn't want to dance. She said no. She said no, and she starts having a massive go at this guy for trying to coerce his um, wife up onto the dance floor, which, according to Amy, is you know tantamount to rape. And the couple are like, "Hang on a minute, what are you, what are you talking about?" So um, Amy gets a little bit embarrassed, tends out, chucks up in the bush, which was fairly realistically done. That was. Did you think? Yeah, I thought that was some from some proper good hurl acting from Ellie Mulvaney there. I like that, and uh, and Summer's there holding her hair, being a supportive friend, and then they go home and Tracy and Steve are just glad they had a good time. Really. Yeah, it's it's not a good, it's not considered a successful night out unless you're yakking into a plant pot. Yeah, I know. I wonder how many. I wonder how many gallons they've been in that one plant pot well, over the years. Also, I'm surprised that nobody's brought this up as like the inevitable. Um, outcome of them getting their late licensing and all the people that were complaining about it one yeah, they like true. twitching their curtains going the very mm. day they've got their late license and you see Amy Barlow yakking into, into the yuckers <laughs> yakking into the yuckers um, so anyway Wednesday degenerate so Amy's zoned out after all the drama from yesterday's episode um, but she gets herself a new friend in Toya yeah she were raped you know yeah. Um, Toya tries to talk to Amy and nearly gets her head bitten off for for daring to, to converse with her. And Toya says, look, actually, I was also the victim of something quite vile like this when I was 18. Like, storyline alert. I, I kind of, I hadn't put these two together, but it just kind of makes sense. And it felt very normal and realistic for Toya to want to have this conversation we were, with Amy, particularly with her counselling background. We were talking about the fact that, you know, you can throw a stone on Coronation Street and hit someone who's a victim of some kind of awful crime or another. And there are plenty of women on the street who have had, you know, a rape or sexual assault. So I'm <clears> glad that they brought that up. Yeah, and the, the point of the conversation was really to get Amy involved in the counselling, wasn't it? Because Toya talks about, you know, when I talked to people after I was raped by Phil Simmons and that that really helped me and it kind of maybe inspired me to, to want to go into counselling as well. And I thought, yeah, yeah, this makes sense, this makes sense. And, and Toya gives Amy a number to call, which was the shoulder volunteers, which I thought was a... Maybe a flippant name for it, for a counsellor, or maybe it was just, just friendly sounding, I don't know. It sounded like chat GPT came up with, like, five, and that was the <laughs> one they picked. It sounds like sounds like people that are offering to carry your coffin for you. I was thinking just the same thing. Or, like, take your shopping in. If Archie was to pick up one... Not Archie, George, sorry, was to pick up one of those cards, it's like, oh, that sounds good. Give him a ding. Um, so... She, to Amy goes back home and tells Tracy about this helpline, but she's not going to phone them to get advice herself. No, no, she actually wants to be a counsellor of her own. And Tracy's not really sure that she's ready, and she doesn't think that some husband-murdering baby snatcher is really the best person for Amy to be getting Excellent. advice out of. And, I like you know, the way Tracy's not going to live People in, in glass houses, exactly. Tracy. Like, if, if you're the one that should be worried about people remembering... You're the... You're... You, 
murdered your boyfriend. Exactly. Never mind your, your husband. Um, Which is worse. So, uh, a- Amy being Amy being a counsellor. I can't see this going anywhere. I can I can just kind of see her signing up for the counselling service and finding it a bit difficult and having well, some woozy flashbacks about her and Aaron. I don't know how this works, and I'm sure that every you know charities like this are screaming desperately for help from people but I also would hope that there was some kind of screening process where they were like have you ever gone through anything similar and she's like yeah you know a couple of weeks ago and they'd say I think it's a bit Bit too too soon soon. you maybe you can make tea for people Mm. you know if you want to help there's lots of other jobs you can do but being on the other end of a phone to a traumatized woman when you haven't even processed it yourself is not going to help anybody no do you not think oh yeah definitely. definitely But you know, it'll, Who knows it'll, what kind of it'll kill dink. time between now and October when she starts the university course again. These shoulder volunteers, you know, it's a bit of a, a bit of a dodgy setup. I think she's probably not even going to do it anyway. It's probably going to be like the Asher paramedic thing, where it's just uh, some great sounding ambition that actually doesn't go anywhere. One of the most famous um, suicide help hotline um, operators. What? Ted Bundy. Oh, was he? So. It's, I'm suspicious of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I, th- I think that if if it wasn't so soon, I can see that Amy possibly could make quite a good counsellor because she is a very sensible girl, isn't she? And I think that she she has empathy with people. Um, she's she's reliable and, I don't and sensible. Think and... She's sort of as emotive and soothing as say like someone like Toya is. I think she's mm. very no nonsense and and quite to the point and direct. I think she would might be a well, bit. Well, that's too... what some people need, isn't it? Some people Just do. Pull need yourself that. together. Have you tried pulling yourself up by your bootstraps? <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm not going to mind too much about this. It was it wasn't Why the would most. You? I, 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 I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the other stories, but well, I wasn't on the edge of my seat by it, but it did need some kind of post-Aaron well, we activity. Were about whether there would be anything about the story now, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I wondered if it would just pick up a, a much later point, but... I'd certainly be interested in Toya having a bigger role in it, but I I'd don't think she will do. I just, having a bigger role in anything. I just, yeah, exactly. The fact that she was in the, in the programme and Spider managed to get like one scene this week as well, didn't he? Walking down the street with her. Oh. Barely remembered. What is going on, people? Right. Poor, poorly, Paul, Gemma. Moving, ploughing straight on because there isn't much to talk about for the Amy story either. Um, for Paul on Wednesday, Shona's upset in the cafe thinking about him and she's talking to Bernie about it and they were talking, they uh, Paul and Billy are due back from Wales from their, I was going to say honeymoon, but no. Well, it's just someone a, else's honeymoon. Yeah, it's someone else's honeymoon. So Billy and Paul get back and they've had so much fun in Anglesey. <laughs> they've got so much post uh, as well. And one of them is something about a PIP plan for Paul. And he's confused and a bit annoyed because he never even asked or signed up for this. So he finds out from Chesney that it was Bernie trying to be helpful and he just feels humiliated about this. And she's also got a charity bucket that she's shaken about on the street and he's mad about that too because he doesn't want to be a literal charity case. So back at home, Paul tells Bernie he doesn't need money raising for him like he's a donkey sanctuary, but, you know, the great question is... Yeah, Weatherfield, North, North or South. South yeah. Bernie offers to make him a sandwich and he's like, no, I don't want a sandwich. I don't want you to help me. I don't need you to do stuff for me. He kicks the coffee table over and Bernie awkwardly 
um, and heads out and then Paul can't even pick the stuff up so Chesney has to help him and Chesney tells him that Benny's just doing this to make her feel like she's doing something because she's losing her son and this is the this is the other thing about it is that people want to help you but they don't know what to do mm. I, swear, I guess Paul at the moment is thinking I'm still somewhat mobile please let me do things for myself while well, I can because yeah. you know be I don't know how long down the line me. I'm not going to be able to do any of this myself and he's getting these fairly frequent reminders like the bus scene today that time is running out I've got a prediction for how the story's going to end death <laughs> No, I think that Paul... Miracle recovery. Somewhere in between. Go on, what? Paul is going to sacrifice his life, like jumping in front of a van, or he's going to die in an accident, save, trying to save someone else. Oh, heroic death. I think that's what's going to happen, because I can't yeah. think of another way out of this. Yeah, that would certainly solve the problem of, is it going to last three years or not, wouldn't it? I just can't see them... Dra- I mean, saying the word dragging it out is just... So insensitive. Yeah, it's disrespectful <laughs> to the situation, and I don't think they want. That's the other thing I think that they're acutely aware of handling this with dignity and representing people that are having to go through this in in a positive way. Yeah, but what, what's Bernie wanting to do with this money? Is it to give to some MND charity or the no, MND association, or is it just for adaptive. Paul? Because if I was Paul, being you know do-gooder as I am, I'd be saying, yeah, you, you want to collect money and say it's for me, you can, but I'm just going to give it to Gemma. Oh, Because it wasn't, me. it was, you know, no, a few months no, ago, no, he was no. desperate for cash. He knows, he's looked at the, the website, oh, yeah, he, has, he knows he? what he's going to need, and he's, he knows he doesn't have the money for well, it. Well, you shouldn't be looking a gift horse in the mouth then. That's the down payment on a stair lift there. All right, Michael. So what? mean. <laughs> so, um, Paul finds Bernie in the pub and he says, sorry about being a big old dick. And Billy says, you're a good man. I don't know why he said that. Um, Friday, Paul invites Benny Rafferty for Billy's world-famous pasta bake. Why does Gemma hates pasta bake. Maybe this would be the one to turn you on to them. I just think it's it's just... Pasta bake's I bet he makes it with a can, with a... You know, a jar. Yeah, jar of Dolmio yeah, pasta bake is you the don't, best. You don't invite someone around and feed them a pasta bake. Unless it's lasagna. Some people do. Don't invite me around. I can make... This is the thing. Gemma likes to put on I can big make dinner my own. parties. Yeah, but if, I'm, if you're inviting me around, you've got to be making something equal to or better than I could do myself. <laughs> Otherwise, I stay at home and cook my own dinner and we can live sit in separate houses and I enjoy That's myself quite more. a challenge. It's not really. I'm not that good at cooking. I, I just would, don't I make. I just don't otherwise. go pasta bakes. My my signature dish. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, maybe sorry. he says a pa- maybe it's maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's not a pasta bake, but a pastor bake. Because oh. he's, he's a vicar, isn't it? Anything, a- anything you bake is a pasta bake. If you're a vicar. <laughs> Maybe he's made some of those weed brownies. Maybe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe someone's got the recipe of Aaron before he left. Bernie would love that. It'd take her right back to the 90s, she wouldn't would it? She'd do. have a proper rave up with some of his I don't think you rave brownies. with brownies. I don't know. No, I'm you too, I'm too squeaky clean. 90s rave with <laughs> <laughs> weed brownie, Michael. Okay, right. So, um, Paul goes to get... Is he getting, is he getting ingredients for this cursed pasta bake <laughs> he falls out of the bus it wasn't me who pushed him because I was like don't make pasta bake and it must be like a proper real one because there were some tomatoes bouncing down the Rosalind Street thinking, weren't there don't even try to don't even try 
Just don't bother. Don't bother. Pasta should be boiled and drained, Gemma says, and that's all. No, look. No. Is, would you invite someone around and go, here's beans on toast that I've prepared for you? No. It's, it's just it's just his mum. He doesn't he don't you don't need to always impress somebody with your food. Your it's scintillating not, conversation should Im- be enough. No, to... I'm not trying to impress people. I'm literally have a base standard <laughs> of like but you know me, I'd rather just not eat anything at all. If it's something I don't like, I'll just won't bother eating. Yeah. I'm I... not that I'm not that hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Paul falls out of the bus and everyone thinks he's drunk. Oh, even his mum. Even, even his, his mum. real. Yeah, that, what, that, that lady who was like, who's complained to him for being drunk, that was actually Peter Ash's mum. She yeah. managed to get herself a cameo on Coronation Street. Yeah. Lucky thing. Yeah. That's nice. I like that. Everybody in the in the bus is like the judge, judgment bus. They're getting all the Corrie mums on, aren't they? It was only a couple of months ago that they had Anthony Cotton's mum being the housekeeper for Rufus. Who's next? Who is next? William Roach's mum. Get her on. No. Um, so, so, yeah, everyone's judging him from the bus and then, but they drive off. Yeah, the bus driver's like, you need to watch out for yourself, mate. Um, Bernie sees him on the floor, runs over. I like how nobody else tried to help. They'd refer to just judge rather than... No, hang on. But this, we've, you know, we've spoke, I think we've talked about this before as well, where, um, some people, some medical conditions do make it appear that you might be drunk. Hmm. And there's a lot of judgment for people that aren't gonna willing to help but well some people it's difficult some people don't want to be helped as well and i think paul wouldn't have wanted to go help me help me but equally if somebody is drunk i you know i don't think it would be a good idea for me if i was by myself Mm. as a as a woman if a man was drunk and falling around for me to decide to take it upon myself to help him up because he could attack me Mm. you don't know why why somebody's fallen over it's not nice to leave somebody on the floor, but you, d- I, I can't see how. Well, you can't keep to your re- um, the, your regimented Weatherfield Wayfarer bus timetables if he's you're stopping. The, he's got you've got to get he's up to the next stop, to the, hasn't he? You've got, got to get, get up to, to the tram stop. Tram stop, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I feel I feel that obviously we weren't supposed to uh, empathise with these bus people because they were all very cross with him, weren't they? They were and the people judgmental. in the Good Samaritan story you just walked on by. That's horrible. So he he doesn't want Bernie to help him either, and he feels really useless, and he helps. He eventually helps her, lets lets her help him home. And then he tells Bernie that he doesn't want to go see Dr. Gaddis. What's the point? And I didn't get this. I don't know whether he was right or wrong here because is it just, surely he doesn't need to go to the doctor whenever he falls over or does he? I don't know. Because it wasn't there something to do with if he, if you hurt yourself, you just won't heal. When no, you don't, have MND. I, I don't, don't remember. I don't, no, I can't remember either. He knows, surely he knows whether it's, you can't tell though with him. It, it, does he, is he just saying, oh, don't make a fuss? Or does he actually know that there's no point going? Because I think it's, it's more that. He's like, you know, this is inevitable that this is going to happen. What's Dr. Gaddas going to do? Well, Suddenly open a drawer and say, oh, I've got the cure for oh, MND I, here. Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, just, I just give you just three pills and you're, you're fine. Yeah. No, it, it just felt a bit like he was right here because I mean the symptoms of what he has is that this will happen and yeah. it will happen with more frequency, and you can't go to the doctor every time. I mean, what's the doctor gonna say? Anyway, I didn't know if he was right or, or not here, but Bernie's, Bernie's saying you mustn't give, you mustn't give up, and he's saying I'm not. I'm just being realistic, and then she says I'm gonna get my crystals out. 
Um, and I he, love to have they, they did this. He's like, fine, whatever. Because he knows he's not going to get out of this. And she's obviously been like desperate to... She's probably been itching out. to it, hasn't she? Yeah. In the last well, how long's it been? Three weeks? Like, when's that appropriate? The impression that I got was that this is a conversation that had happened a few times before now. And she's basically saying, You've got nothing to lose, let me mm. get my crystals. So You would you, the, if if she is as, you know, into them as we are led to believe she is, she probably would have thought to get them out straight away because to her I'm sure that she did. This actually does do something. Well so Billy comes home. <laughs> And finds Paul lying on the sofa, just with crystals dotted all over him, like <laughs> something out of Game of Thrones, or yeah, well, I assume his chakra points or something. And Bernie's like hovering over him with this beautific meditative smile, you know, like going, "Oh, this connection is uh, there's a flow." Or and... I, I liked how they didn't make it silly. Yeah, because, she wasn't being you know, woo woo like yeah. No, she wasn't. They they could have they could have made exactly. They and I think that would have spoiled it a little I didn't bit want if they'd made make... it silly. I mean, I I don't believe in the healing power of crystals. I didn't want them to but... make fun of her about it, and no. I I I don't see that this is going to help. But I prefer them to not make fun of this kind of stuff because. People sincerely believe it's true, and she's not hurting him. She's not saying to him, "Don't go to the doctor. I'm going to cure you with crystals." That's the no. issue. That's what killed Sinead. You know, mm. uh, alternative medicine and not actually going to the yeah. doctor. So Billy's like, "You should no, have gone nice, to nice a proper medical professional." And he says the crystals are a load of rubbish. And Bernie's like, "I did try. I did ask him to go to the doctor, but he didn't want to. So I'm doing this instead." And Paul just gets fed up. Well, Bernie also says, "What was I supposed to do? To say a couple of prayers?" Yeah. So that was where the the religion versus crystals, crystals. kind of thing I like came that. from. I wonder if that's going to develop. Yeah. Billy, Billy was should have, not so, would probably was thinking, "Oh yeah, I haven't actually thought to pray. I've just been should have just done that. I've just I? been standing there worrying. Uh, but still, literally, I knew there was something I was supposed to be doing. It would mean so much, I think, and and help Billy as a character and remind us that his job isn't just dishing out soup to homeless people. If we saw a scene of him having an earnest pray, and what, why yeah. wouldn't they do this? I know. They'd have Emily Bishop doing it. All right, you wouldn't know, they? Why yeah. not have the vicar just do a proper prayer? If they're going, if they're going to be respectful towards crystal healing, then they could do the same for for religion. It's like they're too scared, too scared to show that the vicar might actually pray in a time of crisis. Christianity is, you know, a much more widely held belief than crystals. It would, it would, it would be. It's, you know how the thing is. The writers on the show, they love doing their their vows. They love doing their soliloquies and their two handers and, and you know the BAFTA speeches. Why not write a really beautiful prayer? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I. I totally. They really, really. And should. you know it, that. Um, uh, Dan. Dan Brucklebank could perform it. I think he absolutely could. In a really... It just feels like he's only a vicar so that there's somebody to marry people or or do Christmas services. No, I think he's or only do a vicar the soup. so that he can it, it's explained why he's not at work. Yeah, maybe. Or so that they can say, "Hey, look at us. We've got a gay vicar, isn't that?" Isn't that ironic? Yeah, and it's not that's no pro- the only, Don't they have a gay vicar only... on one of the other soaps as well? That's the only reason they've got it. It's not because vicar. they sincerely like I don't it does I've never felt like Coronation Street really has a lot of respect towards religious 
Christianity, not not um, because they they're definitely a lot more respectful, I think, to to Islam and um, I think so. And um, and they like ha- devs Hindu belief, even though that they have done in the past. Time. Even like you know Sophie when she um, converted to Christianity, I thought that it was a little bit more respectful then, and it felt like yeah, I I believe that Sophie does believe this, and obviously you know. If you go back far enough into Coronation Street, half the street was, or, or more, Most was a practicing Christian. Mm-hmm. But it has, it does feel like that they don't really want to go there because, you know, it, there's definitely. I'm going to say I'm not, I'm not accusing Coronation Street of this specifically, but there's definitely a a group of people who believe that because they are from a Christian country, they can disrespect Christian values and beliefs. But they would never do the same thing for a different religion. No, exactly, exactly. And I think that's a bit um, mm. I, I, acting like it's your religion when it's not, yeah. and so for, therefore you're allowed to criticise it. I just feel like I... it. If you're, it just feels unnecessarily cruel to people who sincerely believe. Mm. And I, I can see the way this story going that maybe you know we'll have Billy has another crisis of faith. Or, yeah, that's the um, thing. Yeah, the, I mean, the shooting up in the church was kind of the low point of Coronation Street. Just... It's like the, 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 the his his faith is is a barrier, is an obstacle for his character. When but, actually, it should be a massive source of of support and and yeah, but you know, to him. you can definitely argue that that he might he would have to struggle with his religion. And I'm also going to say that I totally acknowledge the fact that there are plenty of people who have been damaged. Of course. By Christianity and and religion. And I can understand people being angry and wanting to point out and criticise. It, it just kind of summed it up for me today when Paul's like, I'm not interested in Christian... Uh, sorry, in crystals or religion. And Billy was just like... Mm. And... What? Does Billy care this is that the same his thing boyfriend that is telling him with that him. he doesn't yep. care about yep. it at all. This is the same if, thing that happened with him and Billy. That um, No, him always, and Todd. Sorry, to- Billy and Todd. Mm. That always bothered me because it felt a bit like Billy, whenever somebody says that, like Paul or, or Todd saying this is a load of crap, felt felt a bit like Billy's like, fair point. Yeah, you're right. It does. It, it, it really, really does. Like, I would have thought that it would... It should be more important to Billy. It's a fundamental part. Or is it not, you know, is it not inclusive that he, enough that he wouldn't want to try and persuade? It's a fundamental part of the way that Billy understands and reacts to the world. That he believes that God is real and that there is an afterlife. Hmm. Why would you... I, I understand I understand if it was a story about overcoming somebody's differences in faith because we've seen you know there are there are loads of in throughout history and and even in modern times there are plenty of people who are different religions who've managed to make relationships mm. but it's not without tension or yeah or Billy, billy's just kind of happy to say oh well uh, at least he's good in bed <laughs> like yeah I, I think that sean was more accepting i don't know whether sean was christian or not but i i can kind of feel thinking back to the beginnings of their relationship, it, it wasn't an issue. And, and Todd is, you know, definitely not a Christian and he probably thinks that it's a bit Todd weird. Todd was really antagonistic. Paul kind of does as well. And I just think it for a for an archdeacon, it should be a bigger deal. Maybe they're going to explore this and that's why they brought this up. Because if I was Billy, I'd be really upset with the fact that um, I can't 
use something that's incredibly helpful to me to yeah. help my my boyfriend who's dying. Yeah. You know, if if Paul believed, and we're not going to get into whether any of this is real or not, but if Paul believed that he was going to heaven, this it would make it easier. Of course it would make it easier. If you genuinely believe that when you die, you're not really dead and you're going to, you know, have everlasting happiness... Mm. That that's a very comforting thought. That's why people like religion. Yeah. Why would and Billy is now been told by Paul, not only does he not believe it, but he's not going to tolerate Billy doing any of that around him. Mm. And that, that should would, cause how tension. much comfort could they both draw, have drawn from together praying or together, you know, reading passages in the Bible mm. about about this kind of thing? Because that's what it's for. It, you know, it's a support system. And it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, because Billy does. Yeah. And I, I don't know how well I would cope with watching someone die and also being told, don't, mm. don't mm. refer to your religion. And But I totally see what Paul's saying too, because he doesn't believe it. So to him, it's the same thing. Crystal's religion, it's all the same. None of it's going to help him. He's going to die anyway, and there's going to be nothing after that. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, he's going to react like that. It's just really difficult. I hope that they actually do something with this because yeah i, I hope so to too especially here. like we said they were they did the crystals thing pretty respectful respectfully i think this evening so i think that christianity should be given the same courtesy and the way that the that bernie was so happy to to do that feel that like she's doing something for, for paul it really made me really sad and i i hope that she got something out of it you know mm. I don't know. It's really, it's really sad, and I think that the watching them try to, um, and isn't it interesting? You know, as well, the Coronation Street. Whenever someone struggles with something awful, they either become a gambling addict, or they get become an alcoholic, or they try to kill themselves, or something, or they actually succeed. Whereas you've got these two characters who are actually doing something that I would say is a fairly positive yeah. kind of reaction to find comfort in some kind of higher power, whether that's, mm. you know, Crystal or, or God or something. That's that's much more positive than watching somebody drowning themselves in whiskey. Yeah. Well, I, just, and I don't tell know you what, if, often... this, if this story goes down, the uh, Billy calls up his brother and gets another... <laughs> But you know what I mean? I'm just saying, I don't know how often we've ever seen this really happen in recent times to see a character become spiritual or or to talk about something that's mm. a more positive way of coping. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, I don't know whether this is the most recent one, but it's what's put in me in mind of um, Zoe Tattersall t- turning to the Etheric Foundation after her mm, daughter cult, Shannon yes. died. Exactly, exactly. Well, it reminds me of how Robert, when he found that he had testicular cancer, got really into exercise very briefly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's a good memory. That's Thank it. you. Um, yeah, but anyway, that, that was, this is a massive tangent, but it's given us more of a talking point than anything from the Sarah or the Ryan storyline has done. Maybe, so, maybe Sarah should become a nun. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think it's her only hope. Um, right, so the sexy Bexy storyline. Finally, a little bit of lightheartedness, although there was a, you know, the, the underlying Islamophobia mixed in there as well. But no, I there wasn't. No, no, as in the the, the spectre of it. The spectre of it, exactly. Um, but I, I, as I say, I, I love this just because I think that this actress who plays Beck is is, is fantastic. Um, so anyway, um, 
Shona's talking to Bernie at the beginning of uh, of, the, of Wednesday's episode, saying, oh, you know, Max, he's really seems to have turned a corner since meeting this bag. She's, she's lovely, she's great, this girlfriend. And Max says, she's not my girlfriend, we're just hanging out, but, you know, he wants a little bit more. And, well, no, he, he has been snogging her, hasn't he? We saw him last week well, snogging her face off at the precinct. I like the way that there's a lot of... Um, Max's story is a combination of dealing with the aftermath of having done something truly dreadful, but also just your typical teenage boy like yeah. I don't want you like I know you're not really my mum but shut up mum I don't want you to talk about me having a I don't have a girlfriend she's not my girlfriend well there's also the fact that it is a little bit um, forbidden fruit isn't it because what she is mean? kind of his best mate in prisons gal's girlfriend even though oh. she swears not I still um, don't really know what's going on with that's, that. That's Shona, you? stop saying that she's my girlfriend. I don't want Gav to be here to hear. So um, Max finds back looking at the adverts in the cabin later, which doesn't it's not an important part of the scene. But I can't remember what they were talking about now, but I enjoyed it at the time. And she says, oh, I've got a surprise for you later. Uh, and then they're walking down the street, arm in arm together, and Alia comes round the corner talking about the spectre. And she's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> The ghost What's going the on there? Hang on a minute, she's black. How how can they? What's so, happening? Back surprise for Max is that what do you know? She's booked a table for him at Speed Dial. Wow, how original thought. She's going to fit perfectly into Coronation Street. A mega surprise dinner at Speed Dial. Can, can I just say the sweet this sweet child thought that he would be impressed with a restaurant that's literally up the road. Like, can you imagine? I know. It's um, like it's like somebody meeting up with their f- friendly work. He's like works at Corrie again. I found this great coffee shop around the corner. Costa, I've never <laughs> been here before. I've got a stamp card. Found this great coffee shop. It's the Coronation Street Tour Coffee Shop. <laughs> Have you heard of it? It's got lovely hot chocolate. I've got us a table. <laughs> well, uh, even Max's reaction is fairly uh, kind of understated. It's just like amazing. Oh, wow. just amazing. Obviously, he is. Um, He's kind of not allowed to go there, so he's been blindsided a little bit and doesn't know how to react, but it is just the sort of thing that anyone, the way that anyone should react on Coronation Street if they're taken out for a special tea there because they eat there all the time. So he um, he kind of bins it off pretending that he's sick um, and he tells Beck that he'll call her later. Um, and so when he goes home, he makes up some kind of lie to, I think, David or something about what he's been up to, or maybe it was shown. I, I must admit, I wasn't fully paying attention on this scene because he was there playing on his phone and they were using the sound effect that they used to use, gonna say 10 years ago, the generic video game music. And it was a, a, from a Kirby game. And he was playing that on his phone now. So um, they dragged that Nintendo one out of the archive. Nintendo have um, gone into Kirby games online. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, according to this. So yeah, it was funny. over the years, and obviously I'm going to be the sort of person that notices this, I'm going to say that they've had like maybe three generic video game sound effects that just always get pulled out whenever anybody's got a controller or a Game Boy in their hand well, or look, something. And I, this was one of them that I we've not heard say, for a long time. The same thing happens with pets. Yeah, it is. I was isn't going it? nuts listening to Freddy to this today. Doing his whining. Like, oh, here's Freddy and Roy. Yeah. Like, so, sorry, is someone down a well or something? <laughs> but anyway, I just thought it was funny. It was a bit of a blast from the past there, hearing that. Showing the smell in a rat about Max's um, stories about what he's been up to with Beck today. And um, Max admits what happened with the speed dial thing. And he's, he's just, you know, he's a bit torn because he doesn't want to lie to Beck. But equally, if he tells her the truth about why he was, you know, sent down, she's going to run a while. 
Um, and Shona says, look, you've got to rip this plaster off and tell her before it's too late. Wednesday. It becomes too late. Whoops. So um, Max just tells uh, Shona at the beginning of the episode that he's decided to fess up to Beck what he was in for. So he goes to the precinct to see her and um, she's got this lovely day out planned for him where they go and play basketball together. What was the name of the one that... The Weatherfield Giants. The Weatherfield Giants. Weatherfield Giants was... Um, what was her name? Miley's favourite team, wasn't it? You yeah. Know, the Giants with the tiny balls. <laughs> <laughs> so they go they go and play some basketball together and she wipes the floor with him, or the court, I guess. Um, and they have the, they're just like walking back, having a bit of a flirty chat, and he's just about to confess his crimes to her when she interrupts him, suspecting that he's actually going to be giving, him, giving her a bit of soppy talk. And um, so as she walks off to get them something to eat, Yasmin and Ahalia clock her, and it seems like Max and Beck can't walk down that street at the moment without one of the Nazir ladies just popping up, kind of... Glaring. Going... So um, Alia stops Beck and tells her... Alia. Oh, it's a Beck, sorry. I, I know you're a new character, so welcome to the street and everything. Welcome, and welcome. also part of the welcome pack is I need to let you know I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Just, just need to... Everyone knows I'm a victim. I'm a victim. What Why am I? Is, Victim. You know how she's got that necklace? Yeah. With her initial on it? Yeah. It's not actually an A, it's a V. Yeah. <laughs> so she makes sure, Beck knows, she's a victim. We don't hear Max. this conversation. No, because we've heard um, it many times before. Well, I would have kind of liked to have seen this, but it was completely superfluous. No, I thought I, she she did. We do get to hear her say, "I'm a victim." Yeah, I but know. the actual but details. I, of I feel it. like every time she opens her mouth, I hear her say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so cuts then to Beck going back to the Platt's house and say, "I've just heard that you're a terrorist." What's going on with that then? And That's Max a bit, is like, you know, "Honestly, I was just strong. just about to tell you," but she's not having any of it. She's a, she only, she accuses him of only dating her to prove to the world that he's not racist anymore. And he's like, no, I really like you, honest. You're great. And he chases her down the street and she says, no way can I see you anymore. And um, very handily, David and Alia are watching on with this conversation. Alia's there sort of out the window, isn't she? Looking, looking a little bit... Um, she looks kind of regretful, but also... out the window? I said to Mrs Bates last week about something. Oh, um... I don't know. A dog. <laughs> She's looking out the window like a sad dog. <laughs> and also a little bit guilty and regretful about I don't about think, no, her. I think she's like, I'm sorry this had to happen. Well, yeah, she says this to Dee Dee, doesn't she? Because Dee Dee comes in and, and Alia says, um, sometimes if you want to do a bit of right, you got to do a bit of wrong. So she realises that splitting up this you know, love's young dream wasn't the nicest thing to do, but it was a kindness. But the thing is, though... Was she trying to protect Beck or was she trying to get revenge? I, yeah, that's a good point. I think that I think that she, she would say that she was trying to protect Beck and say, just to warn you, but I think that there probably was a little bit of... On the show, Max. I don't think that Alia's understood that Max's racism was targeted at her because she's a Muslim. But in real life, she would be very aware of the fact that he was at her because of that specific reason and she probably would realise that he has different opinions about different people it's not just like a blanket racist you know Mm. I think sometimes that surprises people but it really shouldn't that you have that some people have different opinions about different groups of people they're not just all in one great big 
And I absolutely believe Max when he says, "I do actually fancy you." He he's not doing it just to try and prove to the world, is he? He no, he said, "Oh, I didn't even notice you I were don't black or whatever." I just didn't minute. believe You've that got to at be all. A bit stupid. To yeah, not but realize he's, that you he's... were in there for racism, and then you're now you're dating a black yeah. girl. And I know that he is trying to prove to everybody that he's changed, but I honestly think don't that think this isn't this. No, exactly, this isn't part of that. But of course, she's going to feel that way. Yeah, yeah, of course. And she says, uh, you didn't write down what she says, but she did a she did a really good. Beck does a really good speech about, you know, you, you're you're every person that's ever made me feel yeah. lesser than or not as good as everybody else because mm. of the color of my skin. And I thought that you were different. It must be awful to realize and and suspect too that you know you've been used. Mm. Mm. Um. So anyway, I, that that's it for for Max and Beck. I, at the end of the episode, towards the end of the episode, David tells Max, look, if you're really into this girl, you need to fight for her. So I assume we are going to see more of Beck and that's not the end of it, the end of her. Um, also... She seems nice enough that she probably could be convinced, though, don't you think? Um, yeah, but again, I, the idea that the people that are victimised are responsible for helping well, yeah, to of course, of course. rehabilitate <laughs> monsters is, is frustrating. I think but, that Max is coming out as genuinely... Mm. Sorry for what he did. She seems like a forgiving type. But he hasn't. Type. But he. I don't feel like he really. I don't. I've not seen properly him coming to terms with it or talking about why he was wrong. But I think that that conversation could happen on Monday. I, totally understandable that she's going to fly off the handle as soon as she finds she this would. out. But I think that she's going to calm down. He's going to go around her house like Daisy visiting Ryan. Maybe. Maybe even get to see inside. The precinct flat, unlikely, and um, but I tell you, you get to hear a bit more about his story, and yeah. I would hope that she would understand. But I hope he doesn't try to blame Griff for everything and say he was groomed, because as as much as I I can empathise with that, and I believe that's true. the The fact of the matter is that he is accused of doing the same thing to somebody else. That boy that stabbed, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, he groomed him mm. with his videos. So are we going to only put the blame on the, the groomer? Because he's he is the groomy and the groomer in this mm. situation. He's got no leg I to still, stand on. I still feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him, but he for hasn't acknowledged what he's done wrong and why it's wrong. I think he might, though. I think that that's... That but, there uh, is he, absolutely this is a redemption. If we for, don't get that out of him. But yeah, but is, is Beck the right person for him to offload this to? She, she's not a victim of of him. It was Alia and people. Alia's too Muslims. up herself to listen. Yeah, we, we no, saw last. She's just mean. <laughs> we saw she, last week. Max tried to apologize. No, to she's her. got no reason to forgive him. I, I don't. I don't I know, think it's on her at all. Mean to Alia. It's not. It's not her. It's not her job to to forgive him. But um, Beck. Beck's not got the same back. Like I keep saying, it's a completely different set of circumstances. Mm. What Beck's not been victimized by what Max did. Max wasn't trying to blow up, people. You know, black people. He was trying to get. He was saying that Muslims are an invading force that were trying to change the culture of Britain. Yeah, it's it's completely different. Mm. Um, anyway, at the end of the episode. Um, he's he gets a phone call from uh, Gav or Gaz. Guess Gav, isn't Gav. it? Yeah, um, which he ignores. So See, this um, is what I'm thinking. Like, how is Gav gonna fit into this? It has Beck 
phone Gav up and oh, told yeah. him, why Maybe. the hell did you get this guy to come and talk to me when you knew he was a racist? And Bex, uh, Gav's going to be like, what the hell do you mean? he never told me that maybe he's going to come out you know we don't know when he's due out of prison but maybe he'll come out and beat him up yeah maybe he kind of deserves it a little bit <laughs> well I hope so I forget, you know I, I miss Gav I, th- I thought he was great as well well you want him I, to come th- out and beat up Max well no you know he, that's what I said though yeah, yeah I know I did but I, I just love any scene of those because I think that they are fresh and interesting to watch it those three really characters it would be really nice to have Beck and and um Gav Gav be proper characters I, I'm really they feel like guest characters they, they do but I really think that both of them to me like keep them Corey but I, I don't know and the fact that she lives at the precinct means that she's you know I know that it may be a temporary house that she I can live like away from but with somebody yeah maybe I'm still very intrigued about the nature of the relationship between Beck and Gav because I don't think we ever really got a straight answer about we know that why it's he's romantic yeah but why why is he obsessed with her why no, is she saying, saying I don't want anything to do with no, him but what I'm saying is they, they can't wreck on it and be like he's my brother or oh god you no. know what I mean they've they've already been quite specific about mm. him calling her his girlfriend and stuff yeah yeah. It doesn't stop him though. It wouldn't stop him from re- trying to wreck on it. Mm. I I think again, like in the prison, Gav seemed a nice enough guy, and I think even if he does come out and give um, Max a, a damn good leathering, I think he would also. I'd like to think that he would understand and forgive him and see. You know, I don't think you need to always every... forgive everybody. No, I know, but he he whatever he was in prison for, he's you know done his time. He's served his. Uh, his, his, his sentence to society people aren't judging him anymore so maybe he'd think how do you know well I don't know you I'm don't just, even know what he did I'm just thinking about what I'd like to happen to try and keep those two in the show right um, on to the Stephen story then Gemma we just got that Monday didn't we so um, much less Stephen this week but I know, still I a bit so on um, Monday Jenny's a bit funny with Stephen when he's in the pub you had all that time when I, I was talking that you could have yawned. <laughs> so, um, Jenny's a bit funny with Stephen. He comes into the pub with Elaine and she's making a pointed comment about Stephen obviously loving her. And then when she goes, Elaine and Stephen talk about Tim and how he's just in a mood with them both and refusing to talk to Elaine. Yeah, because he doesn't want them to get married. Um, later on, Jenny's Jenny's looking at her phone like, <laughs> Owen's sending me all these gifts. And she's she saying gifts, gifts, doesn't yes. she? Which they sound funny. very similar when I say them. Gifts, gifts. Um, <laughs> I, I just I enjoy that. that. I enjoy that just because we know about Samuel Matthews. Isn't, uh, She'd like a gif or two, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I remember we were one of the people that, that were teaching Samuel Matthews how to post gifts on Twitter like five, six years ago. Wow. So now. <laughs> she's so much more technologically advanced than, uh, Jenny. than Jenny. So Stephen's on the phone to the life insurance people and he's setting, he set up this fake business account called Seagull Limited and he is using it to pay the life insurance for Elaine. And then Carla comes in and says that Owen's got, he's gone through all the accounts and he wants to, well, he wants to, because he's buying this business. So Owen comes into the pub and he's telling Jenny that he wants to take her away for a surprise weekend trip. Oh yeah, that was a few nice <sighs> scenes with Jenny trying to figure out where they're going. Listen, um, this is a this is a note to Daniel and Adam. Mm. This is how you look after your lady. This is how you woo a woman. This is what you do to treat your lady right. Is this also a note to me? It might be. If if um I were to whisk you away on a mysterious romantic weekend, yeah. where would be a, a good 
funny you should ask that because I was just uh, looking it up today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, I would like to go to Sissinghurst. Sissinghurst? Yes, and it's 20 minutes away from my number one most wanted destination of 2023. Oh, which is? Pluckley, the most haunted village in the whole of England. (laughs) So romantic. I would love to go. I want to go there because I keep seeing these, these... Okay, the stupid reason why I would go to Sissinghurst is because we've got a flower in our garden which is named after it. So I'm intrigued. <laughs> and I, and then I looked up I was wanted to I was looking up how much does a bench cost and there was a bench called the Sissinghurst bench. I was like this is just fate. The universe is trying to tell me. And go then to I looked Sissinghurst. then I looked at on the map I was like how far is it because I can see where it is in the country. It's quite near to where Pluckley is. How far is it? 20 minute drive. It's like they they want me to go. <laughs> oh We've booked, a holiday. To We've booked woods. a holiday, haven't we? Should we I want to go to people? the Screaming Woods. There's no Screaming Woods in France. We're going, we're going to France um, next month. When are we going? It's about a month, isn't it? Yes, it's about a month. About a month away, we're going to France, so we might have a bit of a podcast gap for a little bit. I hope that's okay. Our uh, wonderful no- northern France, which I think is... I love it. Yeah, we haven't been on holiday abroad for ages. You know we haven't because well, we've been releasing podcasts we every week. No, we haven't. No, we haven't together. She's I've gone she's all ditched over me place. to go away abroad somewhere. But uh, we will, we will, you know, catch up. We're not going to not talk about any episodes. We're going to stay in a bakery. Erratic schedule in about a month's time. Watch out for that. But it's yeah. not got. It's, it's not. It's we not, have a, we're staying in a converted bakery that's next to a chocolate uh, factory now. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be rolling back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Right. So Owen's Owen's like, hey, baby, we're going on a surprise weekend trip to Pluckley. <laughs> <laughs> it's got loads of ghosts, apparently. I've got a whole walk <laughs> in the book. Um, so Owen's then talking to Stephen going, who's these seagull people? And Stephen like manages to spin a yarn about that it's consultancy company that they used once or twice, and he and he says we won't be using them again. And and Owen's like, good. Well, if they do, then you know I'm going to need to know more about what it is they actually do, which I thought was was good. Yes. But you know, again, uh, Owen's just like, um, oh, Stephen, um, I need a shovel to dig my own grave. Could you help me? <laughs> uh, that, that was all, wasn't it, for that this week? I did appreciate the uh, notion. Well, I was pre- appreciate slash confused by the notion that weekends are a thing in Weatherfield. Yeah. Like I don't know when I don't know when they fit them in. Quite frankly, but how do they have time? You you go and have a lovely one, Jenny and Owen. Oh. Are we, are we, is it this weekend they're that they're supposed to, to be yeah, going? going oh, I hope tomorrow. we get to find out what it is. Oh. Right. Um, maybe they went to Anglesey. Maybe. They right, did. Isabella Harridan. Yeah, speaking of um, exotic locales, back to Naples. Uh, I literally cannot Is remember. It Naples. Yeah, she's from Naples, isn't she? No, body. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I've got no idea what happened in this storyline. We've got a fairly decent chunk of notes here, so as I'm just going to be remembering as I read this because it's completely gone out of my head. So Brian tells Roy that Isabella is. Oh yeah, I remember now. Hopefully going home tomorrow because these renovations on a on a apartment or wherever it is that she's living are finally finished. Um, but then, but what happens? It turns out that she can't. Ugh. I'm just skipping ahead here because I remember that's happened. Brian's in the florist trying to buy her some fl- some flowers, which she later rejects. Um, and yeah, when she gets a phone call saying that she has to wait for another two weeks, apparently. Um, she gets a phone because she's like, oh, mamma mia, pasta yes. bake, oh, God <laughs> mio. Maybe that's what she heard. Maybe she heard that somebody was making like, a, a pasta bake out of a jar. She's like, I need to stay bake. here. I still have a work to do. 
it's a me, it's a bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, at the end of the day, Mary goes to see Roy in the cafe and she says, right, Isabella's there for another two weeks. I can't be doing with this. I need your help to get rid of her. And Roy says, I can't get involved in subterfuge. Um, Brian's just got to stand up to her. Um, later on still, and Isabella tells Brian, oh, we're actually in three-week filming block, so it's going to be three weeks until I have to leave. But hey, at least it means I can spend more time with you. So um, he draws up this plan to send her off on a tour of, what do they call it, the Northern Riviera, basically going to all the northern seaside towns like... Blackpool and Livingston St. Hans, Hans and all that, and uh, she thinks that's and that a place with, idea. The, with Pat Phelan's wind uh, windmill. Uh, oh yeah, lighthouse. lighthouse. Yeah, she thinks that's a cracking idea, but kind of accidentally. Well, she she mistakenly believes that Brian is offering to go with of her, but actually he wants to get rid of her. Why for a bit. did he not see that coming? If somebody yeah. says to me, "Oh, I'm your host in this country. Hit, uh, you you should go look at." this place I'd be like when are we going mm. um, so anyway that was that was all that was that that was the scene that had the uh, the great shots of uh, was it Tim Steve and Jenny at the bar just turning around yeah. and reacting love that that was so <laughs> funny and yeah. we also discovered um, we hadn't we hadn't made this clear before but Toya's now working oh yeah she's got a job she's earning her living for the first time Lady of Leisure since, uh, yeah What's it, how long has it been since Toya's had a job? Eight, nine, ten months, maybe? And now she's just helping out a bit at the bistro. Do you think Leanne's just been watching it? Like, coming home from work every night, and then Toya's just sprawled on the, on, the, on the sofa watching David Attenborough going, I made a vegetable lasagna for everybody. <laughs> and, to- and Leanne's like, no, you're going to work at the bistro because you're just a freeloader. I know. Well, she's clearly living off all this undercover copper money that Spider's bringing home each month. What? Maybe he's Are a money both- spider. Are they both living at... I, where are they living? I think... I don't know. I think they're all living with... That Spider wouldn't be... Li- I don't know. I don't know where Spider's living I like at the, the way moment, that Sp- but I don't Spider... think the Coronation Street are interested in telling yeah, us. Yeah, you know, Spider threw it all away, almost. You know, he jeopardised his career to t- tell Toya something he shouldn't have told her because he loved her so much and they've had a deep connection and they were in the show, you know years ago together they were you know and then she followed him to London that they've got a massive backstory well, that happened on ITV3 this week didn't it Toya has finished her first stint on Coronation Street on ITV3 oh. now that that juice horrible bar. John juice bar juice bar that's it yeah. um yeah anyway um but even with all that history and with this deep connection they supposedly both have he he's not moved in with her or let her move oh. in with him. They were having they were walking down the street, Toya and Spider, at one point this week. I think it was on Wednesday's episode, and Toya was saying, "Oh yeah, we talk to each other, we communicate. That's what relationships are about." And it kind what of did you got talk about it kind of got me worried about the fact that oh, is she drifting apart from him or something? Every time there's a couple that get together, we're like, "Oh, I don't want them to split up. They're yeah, perfect for each other." Sorry, Imran. They could just. I know, but I don't. I I just. You know, we're getting close. We're getting very, very worryingly close to Spider's one-year anniversary on the show. He came you know in. I think it was means. my birthday last year, wasn't it? It was the 2nd of July that Spider came into, into Coronation yeah, so Street. Yeah, so explain the significance. Of what? It's just his contract. Exactly. I don't want Martin Hancock's contract to run out and he's only here for a year and then he gets heave-ho and I've just got... Horrible, horrible suspicion. I really suspect that, that he's not going to be around for much him. longer, which is such a shame. Like, if they, if they, they, why, why, why hang on to it? Because the storyline, his storyline, ended months ago, and he's not really done anything of note since then. But I'd be really, really gutted 
yeah, for me, because I love Spider being back in the show, I love him and Toya being together, and I'd be really sad for Toya that she's been ditched by a man again. Well, she didn't get ditched the first the and last I, time. She and I think him. I don't I don't know whether Coronation Street I could trust them to have Spider leave in a way that doesn't completely poo all over him as a character. You know, are they going to turn him into somebody that's? Well, they already, I think they made a bit of a weird decision with his backstory. Well, the end, yeah, maybe they did a little right, bit. Right, okay. But so... I, I don't want him to break Toya's heart on purpose. Mm. Maybe if it's a, an acrimonial... Wasn't there a rumour that he had a daughter? Um, Do you remember? No, I don't know whether that was just an idea that we made up for ourselves. We we wondered <laughs> we wondered whether that um, Elsie was actually his kid, didn't we? I thought we? we thought that because we we heard something. I don't remember. But obviously, it I wasn't anything from anybody involved in the show because it would have yeah. turned out to be true. Anyway, I have got I have got no evidence or insider knowledge or anything about Spider. It's just my massive paranoia <laughs> that well, he could be leaving I have a in the next about month or something. so. I, I actually do have a suspicion about one thing. Yeah, me too. We'll talk about it later. Okay. So we're doing spoilers. <laughs> but right, I, so Roy. Uh, Roy's story on Monday. Roy and the dog. Um, Roy, I'm doing this Roy and the rover. That's oh, what we should go. call this one, shouldn't we? Obvious. Am I doing this one? Yeah, well... So on Monday, Roy's back to work and Bernie's fussing about him, overexerting himself because he has had a heart... He's got to stand up the jacks, so. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> on Friday, Roy is pleased that it's Evelyn in the, in the cafe with Freddie and he feels like it's about time now that he took Freddie back because he's recovered. And she she's, like, really reluctant. She won't admit that she doesn't want him... Like, that she wants to keep Freddie... So she's kind of being all like, oh, I don't mind, I don't mind. You know, it was a massive chore for me to look after him, et cetera, et cetera, trying to make out she's put out, but actually you can tell that she really loves Freddie and she doesn't want him to leave. So he collects the dog from number nine and even the dog doesn't want to, want to go. And um, You can tell that by the choice of sound effects that they use. <laughs> <laughs> so Evelyn enjoy watches, uh, enjoys watching Roy failing to get him to do anything. And eventually he has, to, he has to pick him up and walk off with him. And Tyrone finds out that Freddie's gone later on and says that she's going to miss him. And so the girls. But Evelyn's like, no, I don't care. I'm not even bothered. So, um, you should have made a comment like, you know what? Since we've had that Freddie in the house, that Ruby, she's been a different person. <laughs> in walks, recast <laughs> Ruby Dobbs. <laughs> so um, Roy ends up at the cafe. He's taken um, the dog for a walk. And yeah, and then Evelyn comes following in after. Yeah, him. he she, she he's left. Freddie's left this toy at her house, so she gives it back. And Roy tells Evelyn that Freddie was just like not really happy on the walk. And Evelyn's like, "Oh, you should have gone clockwise and done remember. this way and the other thing." She comes back. Yeah, with she's this. clearly formed this deep, meaningful connection with the dog, and they understand each other. Yeah, at... on a level that Roy could never hope to understand. Yeah. And, and so she comes back later. She's mapped out these walking routes with, like, pictures of ducks and stuff. And she's not impressed at all because Roy's going to go out to a book reading with Yasmin that evening. And I think that that Evelyn was hoping that she could connect with Roy on a, on a, on a deeper level because of Freddie. But mm. Once more, she's thwarted, thwarted by Yasmin like she was a few Yasmin's, weeks ago when she turned up at the hospital. They're going to some book reading about the destruction of the 
cotton mills or something and yeah, nobody something else like wants that. to go to this. So she has to babysit Freddie and she she agrees, but she's kind of like snapping, you know, about it. Um, Roy comes back to number nine later on after the book reading and says, look, how I've got a proposal for you. How about we share ownership of the dog? And she's like, hmm, I'll sleep on it. And um, she kind of acts dismissive and sort of puts Freddie on his lap and... I, d- I can't see how dog sharing can work. I think they do. I think uh, I think human beings do things sometimes that make animals unhappy without realizing, and I don't think the dog would like this. How on earth would that be? The successful? dog would just always. It's not like be a school thinking... hamster over the summer yeah. holidays. Like you have him a week, then I'll have him the next week. You can't do that with a dog. I don't surely, think the dog would you? like it. I think the dog would just always feel like it was missing half its pack. I mean, the, the way that this kind of seemed to be obviously going was that. Evelyn will end up getting the dog and it's just a Cerberus replacement. That's why I was maybe not that excited by this story, despite me liking the characters, because it seemed like it had an inevitable conclusion, Mm. but I'm usually wrong about these things, I don't know. I think the combination of Cerberus and Evelyn was kind of visually iconic. Yes. And I don't think that... I feel the same way about Evelyn and Freddy, but I do like like them together. I just think that there was something visually interesting. There was, because... You know, Evelyn was tall and... Angular. And, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and bony. Or, <laughs> well, this is what they say about uh, dogs and their owners. Yeah, know? and I think that they looked just right together, whereas Freddy, so far, is a fairly nondescript fluffy mutt. And it I doesn't, don't think uh, he's a fluffy mutt, but yeah, I know what you mean. What do you mean? Of course he is. Okay. He's got hair. <laughs> he's um, more, more than Cerberus, anyway. Um, so, yeah... I, I think that I don't think that Evelyn's really got anything to worry about about Yasmin because even though Stu wasn't into going to seeing this book reading, I, I do think that Yasmin and Stu for the time being are for keeps and I would have thought that Evelyn would have also thought that because Well it's not as much of a fundamental difference you know, that he like she likes going to book talks mm. and he doesn't as Billy and Paul, like, I believe in the existence of an afterlife and exactly. I think it's a load of crap, <laughs> even though it's your job. Exactly. But I, I, I so I, I don't, and I see absolutely, I don't see a whole lot of romantic chemistry between Roy and Evelyn, although perhaps there's potential, but I see a whole lot less between Roy and Yasmin. I don't think there's any possibility of chemistry there. I certainly hope not anyway. Um, but I suppose if you're if you're Evelyn and you and you fancy someone, you're gonna you maybe see signs of romance with somebody that you fancy um, where they do not exist and start something to get et jealous cetera. about, etc., etc., etc. I'm rambling. Um, so that is it for this we, week's. We've got a proposal talk. for Coronation Street. Oh we, yeah, we did have to. We want this, you we? guys to repaint the murals on the medical centre, please. Um, if you the want, jungle scenes are looking a bit old now. They've aren't been they? on there for how long? Twenty years. Get rid of At them least. and put like notable figures, like maybe podcasters that are, <laughs> are really cool. They should and... open up the Gemma and Michael wing at Weatherfield General. Yeah, they should do. <laughs> um, yeah, paint them something different. Have uh, Coronation Street, the the actual entity that you know, not this the, this show, commission some kind of new upcoming yeah. artists. Manchester-based or Salford-based artists to do a new mural, make it part of, like, a regeneration uh, story that Maria's getting involved in, (laughs) make the paint uh, (laughs) ecologically friendly, get Billy to come and do it with a bunch of, I don't know, 
ex scoundrels like sounds good get to me. Gav- get Gavin uh, get Gavin Beck Max Max to to <laughs> do it as part of their rehabilitation yeah exactly uh, right scores and characters of the week. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the discussion, as I always do with you, but I, that, that is not what we're rating. It is the, the week itself. And, um, well, week is the right word because... Um, oh, what I, a I, bitch. I, well, look, there was you're... very little where I was that invested in what was going on, really, to be fair, this week. It just, and it, it just wasn't doing it for me. Mine is a three because I gave it all bog standard and I think three is a... Is I thought you had a banging. I thought you gave Wednesday a banging. I don't remember what it... You can't take me of what <laughs> I say. Just well, because I'm, I say something, it doesn't mean I mean it. I was thinking three as well. I wouldn't... Really? I would have thought you would have given it two and a half. Maybe I will go two and a half. I'm going to give it... I'm going to go two and a half. Go on then. Uh, then what are you scoring three, it? <laughs> three husband murdering baby snatchers. <laughs> uh, easy, my favourite sort. Um, I'm going to give it uh, two and a half birds that a cat's caught but not quite killed out of five. And um, which half of the bird that is from a half it's mark. That's up to your imagination. But there's certainly going to be a lot of blood there. But who's the character of the week for you, Michael? Um, I haven't actually considered so far... I'm kind of I am kind of leaning a little bit towards Beck in a week where I'm not particularly enthralled by any of the main storylines. I mean, could be Ryan because I did enjoy him tearing a peg off. Um, tearing, tearing a, a peg. sorry, tearing a strip off not Daisy. Not <laughs> in the shed. Um, I did enjoy <laughs> that, um, but yeah, I think that I think that Beck stood out to me as just like a breath of fresh air. And Ryan's had plenty of opportunities. I'm not going to give it to, you know, Damon or or Nick or Sourpuss Leanna or anything for those main stories. I'm not going to um, give it to... I'm just going to say, I'm not going to give it to Dee but I want to, men- I want to give her a shout-out. Because I was watching her today and I was thinking, I really want her to get her own story. Yeah. I think yeah. she's proven herself now. She's won, you know... Um, She's won the Best Newcomer Award at the Soap Awards. Mm. Let's give her an actual story. Because I was thinking, she's really good in as a supporting role in lots of these. She's a really good kind of foil for Adam's temper tantrums. And she's great with Paul. And um, yeah, give her her own story. Right. Well, I'm going to give it to Beck. She is my... Um... TV burp star of tomorrow today. <laughs> and um, yeah, so there we go. That's, that's I'm going to give this the week. to Jenny. Really? Yeah, because I just enjoyed nice. her expressions. I thought she was really lively and fun. I like the way that she supports um, Daisy. I like the way that she gave her a kind of a mummish telling off, yeah. but then said, right, you've been through a really tough I time. I just think she... Let's have, let's have a, a glass of bubbly together and forget all our sub- troubles. I thought she was a, a, a thread that wove through many stories this week. And I appreciate the kind of... Perhaps we're seeing a renaissance of the, of the Rover's landlady. You know, is I was a, thinking that a little bit this week. She's been, she's had her fingers in all the pies. Mm. I love watching her expressions. She's had, she had some really great, funny moments this week. It still needs a Rovers story though, about being the Rovers and not just characters in the Rovers are having Events. their own stories happen to them. But no, I was actually thinking that it, we wish she was doing more of the traditional pub landlady stuff this it. week. Um, so so yeah, she's my character great. of the week. Nice, okay. So um, what? Well, let's move on to the next section then. 
News time. What about news, Gemma? Little bit news? Not much news you sound this like week. A foghorn. News time. If you have got lots of money to spend, um, then you can now buy the Joni clothes. You don't have to have lots of money. You can buy all of them. You need a lot of money to buy all of them. You, you, you do. But individually, so, they start from just £25. Yes, we we, um, we spoke about these briefly um, well, earlier this podcast and last week, but the the website has now launched. If you go to the Joni website, you can see all the all the and pictures and all the blurb about them. Don't ask me again. I can't remember. JoniClothing.com, something like that. Um, yeah, so um, like Gemma said, the prices for these um, these curry clothes start at 25 pounds so that's the the roy the cropper roy's rolls slogan t-shirt 25 pounds for that and they go all the way up to 65 pounds for the dress the the mcdonald's print which is like their houses um you, you, you think that's pretty snazzy don't I you i like that you're telling me about that one i i yeah that you, you particularly yeah, like that the, they've got the the print comes in a shirt and a dress mm. But it's the same shirt print for both of those, and the rest of them are like individual. So yeah. the yeah, the the shirt is fifty pounds, and the and the dress is sixty five pounds. Then you also can get the yeah, the Tatlock cardigan, which is the the red brick design for fifty five pounds. The uh, the Newton and Ridley sweatshirt, which is a particular favourite of mine, uh, that's the Gilroy one. That's forty five pounds. Uh, and then if you want to uh, support your local supermarket, then the Freshco sweatshirt, the Holdsworth Freshco sweatshirt. It's £45, so uh, hopefully there'll be some of you out there that will be able to um, to cough up the cash to get them, or maybe even win them in our competition. Don't forget, you and, can still enter uh, our competition. You can, you can. Go oh. back to the beginning of the um, podcast for that. I'm to see some people wearing them. If you're listening and you've got one of these, do your best model pose, because we've got proper designer Coronation Street clothes here. So, exactly. um Yeah, strike a really pose. Really happy about this. Send a picture. Yeah. Didn't we say something about clothing brand collaboration not that long ago oh probably um and and literally the only other newsworthy thing that i can find that's going on this week is um if you have got quite not quite so much to spend but you would like to buy some coronation street merchandise then the freshco tote bag that uh, has been available on the coronation street tour for the past couple of months is now available on the itv shop so alongside the uh, the Bet and Ken um, mugs and the Roy Cropper apron and all the other bits and bobs that you can get there, um, these Freshco bags are now available. I know that when we showed pictures of them online, we had quite a lot of people, people saying, I want them, they're really cool, where do I get one of those from? Of there's, there's definitely I want more than one. We've got one. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff that's at, at the Curry Tour shop. Sorry, the Coronation Street Experience shop that's exclusive, absolutely. But uh, And I was thinking that these Freshco tote bags may... They exclusive, well, but no, they're now available to all. There's also the Trim Up North stuff that's still only at the at the tour yes. shop. So um, there, there's always going to be something there, I think, that you can't get anywhere else. But for now, the Fresh Ghost tote bags are available. As Margaret said, £12.95. Not sure if they ship abroad. Maybe no, if you have know. a nice friend. But you can also use shipping services too, don't forget. Can you? I yes, don't know I've used them work. before for, for things in different countries that I couldn't get it sent it's a lot more expensive unfortunately mm. but it's, it's not impossible to get things well there you go lots of you. things to spend your curry money on what, which you don't get your to normal s- money your normal money you don't get to talk about things like that very often do you? there's very little coronation street merchandise anybody and now we've got wants two to make all coming merch, along at once do you feel free to, to email us <laughs> i'll just kill in time now that's basically all the news there's been this week so um shortest cabin ever let's move on to feedback 
And, uh, and now we've got a fairly short cabinet. Sorry, this is going to be a quick end to the episode. We've just got a couple of emails this week. Cabin. Um, Hmm? You said the short cabin. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean cabin. It's the feedback section, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of emails. We don't have a this fancy week. name for this. I've only just realised we've been doing it for nearly eleven years. Well, no, we said that we should call. We did come up with a name, or somebody came up with. Um, I can't remember what it was. Somebody had a re- correspondence. I think we were good. Yeah, we let's were, call it that. You can't. You can't rename it after what three, yes, four hundred episodes. I'm can still you? trying to find a catchphrase. Kylie Minogue stole our catchphrase. Oh yeah, Kylie's new song, Param Param, or something like that. It's like anyway. what happened with us with Top Gear. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm still bitter about that. Um, so last week's Coronation Street scored quite highly on the Facebook group. 3.92 out of 5 was the average score that it was awarded, and that included Christina, who gave it 4.5 rogue loaves of bread out of 5. Um, Caitlin gave it three and a half belly rubs for David the dog and uh, I saw a couple of people on the Facebook group who appreciated the fact that that scene got a shout out last week because yeah. that was quite cute wasn't it um, Jonathan gave uh, was, was my score of the week and um, feels like so obvious but nobody else thought of it four erections that the ladies will have to sort out for themselves <laughs> out of five. Oh dear typical Jonathan lowering the tone um, um, right would you like to read Rebecca's or Nancy's email this week I can, I can do Rebecca's go on then you do Rebecca's here we go she Rebecca she says love the Stephen stuff this week but I feel that Michael might be framed in some way for one of Stephen's crimes that's what I said pushing, pushing Owen under a bus and I still haven't forgotten him giving Stephen the whole punch back in front of Sarah as for next victim, it will probably be Owen, but I really need a regular character to be bumped off. It would be interesting if Tim disappeared for a while. Oh, yeah, especially with Joe and Sally going to Canada. But Tim will probably be the meddling one in the story and Elaine will disown him for suspecting Stephen. That would be quite interesting if Tim just mysteriously disappeared. And as the viewers, we were like, Is he has dead? Stephen killed him? So I think, unfortunately, that could work with Elaine. But I think Tim's yeah. too big a character that they wouldn't not show his murder. But oh, I think I think they, they could do it with they the could line. do it in a flashback. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so she says, I also felt sorry for the extra being shouted at by Stephen, but I did love the ranting scene, and I bet Todd had a great time filming it. They should have used the bread to kill someone, a la John Stape. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. I suppose Diggory Compton used bread in his bakery. I'm confused. I don't think he killed anyone with it though. Um, maybe. Maybe like a squirrel or something that ate too much. And it maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a celiac that went in that they didn't realise. <gasps> Could do, yeah. Mm. I'm confused though. How can Stephen get the life insurance to get the money for Underworld? Does Elaine have to die? Stephen rejoined the show in June last year, so he's coming up to his one year anniversary. I'm gonna guess the Super Soap Week for him to be found out. Yeah, he's not going anywhere soon, is he? I don't. I hope not. <laughs> also, the taste comment. But the... equally, he won't be in the show in five years' time, Gemma. Oh, so definitely a bit brace not. yourself for this. <laughs> also, the taste comment and the mention of bread through the week was purely coincidence, but hilarious. I quite like Aaron's exit, and even though I understand why some people wouldn't like it, it is realistic. Yeah, well, even after we finished recording last week, I was looking at Twitter and 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 uh, digital spy forum and stuff, and there were lots of people that. Didn't think that it was a suitable ep- uh, exit for him, and it, you know he didn't get his punishment and everything. But I still stand by my impressions at the time that this was just right for him. I agree, although Preston's petals does need a rebrand, but maybe not new owners, just a name change. I did love the hug with Abby and Amy at the end, and I also love the scene with Amy and Aaron in Aaron's last scene. I'm thinking now Amy might be put on the back burner for a bit. 
Loved ordering Ken giving Sarah and Adam advice. I agree with Michael. I still think Sarah will be pregnant as everything seems to be leaning towards a pregnancy. I didn't like Damon admitting that he still had feelings for Sarah though as it makes him look like a little bit desperate. I'd like this first shot of Rutland's being shown in the precinct. However, as cute as I think Max and Beck are, I fear they are doomed when Beck finds out the truth. I'm hoping that she might take him back but then Gav will get an early release and come to find Beck. We also like the get David and Max scene in the plats. Two words. You're barred. Love Jenny in that scene. Also laughed at Evelyn being called a dragon and Shona calling Brian and Isabella's games incest games. <laughs> Daisy, just tell Brian the truth about Crystal, please. It's getting boring. Also, while you're there, admit your feelings to him as well. I'm guessing this story will come to an end come into this week as well love the auction scenes especially sally saying to aggie she already had a summer house and leanne that's funny yeah. <laughs> and leanne asking if she was in a parallel universe although i did love when yvette admitted that she and patrick were broke which is what you called last week character of the week is steven just for the ranting scene although amy was a very close second <laughs> i give this week four rounds of incest games out of five <laughs> i don't know rebecca i think we don't want to have that on the on the show too much do we not so much no, just no. bringing back memories of jamie baldwin and uh, and frankie isn't i thought it? you were going to say about the rumors about ali and ryan oh gosh no now see what would have been a worse fate for that character acid attack or brother on brother incest <laughs> um okay well let's finish off with nancy sorry i've not raided the facebook group for other comments i'm gonna just keep on saying very busy week um but we do have nancy of course to share her thoughts on last week's episode which are that they um, she starts off with the blood tests on the lane she says how come they didn't find caffeine in her system is I that really the sort of thing that would have been picked up you'd have to test specifically i don't think that they've got a really broad spectrum and also i don't i don't think that you would ever th- Unless you knew that she had, or you suspected she'd overdosed on it, I don't think you would test it. Mm. If you had a broad spectrum test, I don't even know what I'm talking about here, but if you had something that could test lots of different things, why would you ever have caffeine in there? Yeah, because there's probably a lot of people have got a bit of caffeine going around in them. There's loads of things that, that people take that they don't tell the doctor about, and most of them are not caffeine. No. Um, Stephen's meltdown and underworld show how violent he can be. So is it? how is it possible, though, that Elaine can't see this? And she also never sees that he's attracted to Jenny either. That's <laughs> that's really true. It seems, yeah, as a viewer, very, very obvious that Stephen's got the hots for Jenny. But Elaine, she's just in her own little world, isn't she? She's in a little fantasy world where Stephen's, you know, distaste for right. her is completely... She's completely oblivious I'm to. I'm going to say something here about Elaine's background. Um, she's obviously was abused by Jeff... Is it possible that her long relationship with Jeff has conditioned her to look the other way for warning signs in her relationship? Oh, maybe. I mean, you maybe. never. I'm not. I'm not victim blaming at all. I'm just saying that that you you learn behaviours from relationships, mm. and you change your your behaviour and your habits according to your partner and when you're in an abusive relationship those things are usually to your detriment yeah well jeff certainly had an eye for another woman didn't he when we saw him going off with prostitutes but it could have been that in his younger days when he was with elaine he was often looking at other women and that became that became normal for her yeah and you it's know, just a thought and maybe she thinks that that's normal now i don't know i don't know she i don't, I don't know, know. If, i don't know what you can really say beyond mm. there's there's definitely patterns of behavior that are similar yeah yeah um so um, nancy continues um 
Will he continue to try and kill Elaine, or maybe turn to Owen? Why not both, I say. I say kill them both. Will somebody set a trap for Stephen and blackmail him? Um, she also appreciated the book The Dumb Witness being used on the floor as well, and suggests that Elaine could get pushed down the stairs. <gasps> yeah, those lovely those, spiral stairs. They those stairs look kind of painful to uh, to fall down, don't they? Yeah, they do. Problem is, there's no upstairs. Oh, I bet you also. I bet you. If I you can were... just imagine Elaine's gangly body just kind of bounce, bounce, bouncing down no, the stairs and getting her arm yeah. kind of going out of the banister and stuff. See, That'd be a tangled mess. I'm just thinking like you're pulling down and your arm gets caught between the yeah. banister, but your body keeps going and your arm gets yeah, broken. Yeah, that, that feels a little bit too um, gory. Too gory for Corey. Um, maybe, oh no, I said that already. Amy did a wonderful job speaking to Aaron about the rape and this is the way that she got justice. Also, Abby hugging Amy was beautiful too. I feel that Amy did Deirdre and Blanche proud and think that Aaron will be haunted by his experience. Maybe literally by Deirdre and Blanche. Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) I like Max with Beck. Beck clearly does not want Gav. Uh, and when Beck finds out what Max is in prison for, she may reject him at first. Well, yes, that definitely happened this week. Later, she may change her mind. Um, it's hilarious when Rita told Brian she was quitting. Brian can't run the cabin without Rita. Gonna have to do it one day, Nancy. Um, I loved it when Jenny barred Isabella too. She just can't stop insulting people. Um, I give this week's episodes three and a half diamante encrusted flip flops out yeah. of five. And the character of the week is Amy. Thank you, Nancy. Ta very much. Love. I need a pair of those when we go on holiday. When we go on our France holiday, you want your diamante encrusted flip flops to impress the chocolatiers next door. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Whatever you wish, my darling. Thanks. We still haven't figured out what you want to get me for my birthday, so maybe you spend your money on that Hang instead. on a minute. What I want to get you for your birthday. Yeah, what do you want to get me for my birthday? What do you want for your birthday? I don't know. We, we went out to dinner last night, partly with the intention of figuring out some firm birthday plans for me for next weekend, and we still didn't really get anywhere, did we? Nope. I was looking at... I was looking at Nintendo stuff. I was looking at gadgets for men. Obviously, nothing there for me because they were all far too manly. Um, We were looking at Coronation Street's themed stuff. And literally, I just... Can anybody... If anyone wants to suggest a really nice 40th birthday present for me... You don't have to get it. Gemma does. Oh, thanks. What's your prize range? I I think you're getting too caught up with the idea that you have to have a big present... Well, it's my 40th yeah, but birthday. we've got what I even had. I don't even know what you what you supposedly got me. I know. I'm starting to wonder whether I still owe you a 40th birthday present. I don't think you did get me anything. I helped organise a nice trip away. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I, and I tried to do that for you, but you don't want, I don't want to go, go anywhere, anywhere or do anything. I just completely... Uh, um, I have no idea about what I want to do for my birthday. You just have a blessed life and all of your needs Clearly. are taken care of. Yeah. I've got a, a lovely, beautiful wife. I've got some uh, fantastic listeners. Got a cat. I got, yeah, exactly. Got what, a more, what more do I need? I'm, I'm, I'm content. Um, anyway. Lucky duck. Anyway, and now I get to go to bed. So... Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't even want any wonky duck gin or anything. But I don't even want wonky duck gin. See, this is the thing. If you were, if you like drank alcohol, I know that'd be perfect. Everyone will just buy you the most expensive version of whatever it is that you like to drink. Yeah. So easy. I know. I know. I don't know. Would if you like anyone, some healing crystals? If anyone's got any suggestions, please let me know. Let Gemma know. Don't let me know because I want a surprise. Um, we will be back next week with, as I say, we've got um. A couple of weeks of good uh, good bonus podcasts, um, hopefully, but it is it is the end of June, um, so we'll be um, 
very soon talking about our impressions of the first half of 2023. So if you would like to give us a little bit of feedback about how you have found the first six months of the year, let us know. Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com and you never know. We may just read it out. Um, we are on um, iTunes. Gemma mentioned earlier, haven't had an iTunes review for a long time, so that would be lovely. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. I haven't uploaded much to YouTube recently, but hopefully there'll be some more stuff coming along that way fairly soon. Um, Facebook, hello, any new Facebook members? I know, I think I might have accepted somebody onto the group this week, possibly. Um, and... Uh, Patreon and everything, and we are as well, yeah, at the end of June, so we will have our June Patreon-exclusive episode coming out at some point in the next week, but not sure when yet. And don't forget, you can join up, you can get those free episodes, all of them will be available to you instantly, as soon as you join, you get a bit of merch every year if you're on the Rovers tier, Mm -hmm. you get a handwritten postcard, you get the notes... Why wouldn't you? Why if you're you? on the Rovers, uh, the Bistro tier, you get the bonus episodes too. Yeah. Good sales pitch, Gemma. It's great. It's I, I, Gemma I'm, says it's great. I'm, I'm in it myself. <laughs> um, right, we are going. See you next week, everybody. We'll be back for a bonus podcast and a normal one. Hope you all have a lovely weekend. If you're in the UK, hope you're staying cool. Um, if you're anywhere. But tell you what, the coolest place to be is... <laughs> on Conversation Street. So keep on listening. (laughs) Cheese. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.